from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to The Superiority Complex, your new favorite podcast. Happy New Year 2023. We got big off the top right from the from from the jump as the kids say from the go from get from the get go i can't even talk i'm so excited back yeah. in mm-hmm. the studio not in the studio we're not in the studio but back on the show patrick and scene say hi kids give the kids a thrill oh, hi <laughs> justine actually Hello. justine somebody pointed out that i call you honey on the show but i also call um Jake and Patrick, honey, too, and I'm like, oh, honey, don't don't do that. Hmm. It's more like a it's more like a little kid thing than it is a, a sexist thing. I hope I hope you know that. I haven't noticed that, but now I feel like I'm going like, to be like that off now. Listen, listen, baby, it's okay. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> Listen here, sugar tits. Let me tell you what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> that Patrick, you would you would be allowed to say that. I cannot call. Um, no, I'm gonna get hit for that later. No, no gonna get a black no. uh, Justine yeah. sitting yeah. on a ladder today, not unlike a not unlike a, a '50s crooner, somehow finding a ladder thing. and taking a picture on it while singing uh, "Powder Your Nose with Sunshine." Is that Justine, a cocaine? Just, you've got uh, you've got rosy cheeks. Is that the backlighting effect? Yeah, you're, you're glowing. <laughs> you I don't think like, I have rosy cheeks. It's because it of the, be the it's because of the black pink shirt she's wearing. Mm. Oh, it's reflecting. Mm. Pink is no, you're all wrong. It's Asian glow. She's had like twelve shots, and she's yes, nice. Let's wow. do it. Asian glow. There's five o'clock somewhere. Asian glow better be the name of Justine's spinoff podcast. That better be the name of it. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Justine, why don't you have your own podcast? You're popular. Yes. Uh, have Asian. you heard my voice? Yes. Yeah. Asian persuasion, Asian glow. You get some. Got options. Ugh, Jake is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a friend who is a is in a gaming group, and everybody in the group is Asian. So they have the every every um, gamer tag they have ends in A Z N. So his mm-hmm. is fas- fascination. <laughs> I thought that was really great when I was like, oh my God, is that really your gamer tag? Uh, <clears throat> all right. It's 2023. We're back. John's here. Jake's here. Justine's here. Patrick's here. Patrick and Justine survived another retail season, holiday season. Uh, Justine, are you okay? Are you okay? It was a this was a rough one. Yeah, I think it was rough for a lot yeah. of people. I feel like like a lot of people feel like maybe they just barely survived the holiday season and didn't necessarily enjoy the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, everybody trying to run business as usual with the same problems of people having to be out for being sick. You're down on staff. Nobody wants to work. Weather issues, shipping issues. It's been. It's been crazy. And I think the biggest thing for us this year was everyone, while we still had the same amount of foot traffic in store, right? So, like, we're still incredibly busy in the stores. 
they we had the added on top of it is like everybody was still online shopping at the same time. So you had people who were buying stuff online. You're filling orders all day. You don't have the staff to fill orders and ring up the customers at the same time. So we were competing back and forth between the both. And it was just nonstop. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people were out and about more people were out and about than last year. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if you had this, but we we had a lot of people out sick. We had yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. Aside from yeah. aside from the COVID, that's it's underlying the underlying COVID. There was a lot of people just getting. There was a stomach bug that oh, went around. Was crazy. There's the flu. There's the stomach bug going around. Cold. Stuff going on. Um, yeah, it was nuts. A lot of people out due to sickness and and real sickness. It's like people coming to work like I'm sick. I'm like, dude, did we not learn our lesson from COVID? Go home. But at the same time, it's like I understand. Like you have to work, and uh, and then everybody's short staff, so it was a mess, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, it was a struggle this year for sure. How many Google eyes? Google eyes? Do you think you went through? And do you think? Fuck if I know. That section's blown out. We don't have any. Do you, <laughs> it's because of everything everywhere all at once. That's what it is. Ever since everything everything everywhere all at once, those googly eyes are super. Uh, Stock prices for googly eyes went up. By yeah. Like- yeah. 40% after that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never saw it. Oh my gosh. So many googly eyes. Did I love it? We're going to find out later. How many movies? You love it. You've already said it. How many movies uh, behind are you, Justine? <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like a movie Justine would get a kick out of, don't you think? It, it is. I think it is. Uh, Justine, by the way, are you inspired by Jackie Chan's ladder fight in Jackie, in Jackie Chan's first strike while you're sitting there? <laughs> You want to no. go beat Patrick with that ladder? Or are you going to do something crazy with that ladder? I haven't seen that in so long, but no. We just watched it for the show. Like I months, know you did. I heard it. Month ago. Months ago. <laughs> you do listen to the show, even when you're not on it. <laughs> yeah, you guys were talking about me when I was listening to it. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, Justine has to listen because she has to get her score. Oh, that's right. Yeah, It's like homework. For- I, was listening, I was like, but it doesn't mean I have to write it down. That means I have to go back and listen again. That's true. Did you write everything down? <laughs> oh my God! Why would you do that to yourself? Okay, she just—that's her way of saying. I, Fuck you you. I was like, I'm not writing it down. Oh, just because? Yeah, it's like one of those things. If somebody says it, then you don't want to do it. All of a sudden, right? It's like there could be there could be a pile of dog poop in your in your living room, and then somebody goes, "You need to clean up that dog poop," and you're like, "You know what? I'm gonna let it sit there now, just because you told me I had to." Right. <laughs> I was, I was going to, but then you told me to, and now I'm going to go So here's the asshole now. I am petty like that. I am too. I hate to be mm-hmm. told to do something. I hate it. I, I hate it. Okay, I guess it's not getting done now. That's not a smart problem. So. Now, we, now we both have to wait. Now yeah. we're both going to wait now. Mm-hmm. Now we both have a little shit on the floor. Yep, look, but, but we will because you asked me to do it. You like a <laughs> like a reasonable human being. You asked me to clean the poop off the carpet, and I am now telling you to go <laughs> f yourself. Well, it's one thing to be asked, hey, like, hey, could you clean that up, please? Or like, you know, if you do it nicely. But it's like, hey, you, like, you guys did it because you said it. I already mm. thought it, but now you said it. Here's the thing: I have a friend, and I'm told to do something. So I do. That. I have a friend who shall remain nameless. I'm not going to name any names, but. Um, 
when this person recommends something to me, all of a sudden I don't. I think it could be the biggest. It could be the next Star Wars movie. Oh wait, no, that's Justine. We and, know this. And if this person goes, "Oh, you should watch this," I'm like, Mm-mm, "Now I can't watch it." Yeah, I gotta wait. You do that every time Justine recommends. Something no, I do not. Things. No, I do not. <laughs> no, you know I do what not. Everyone like that I tried for like ten minutes is Wednesday. Everybody it, loved it. Ten minutes, and I was like, I cannot continue. I just couldn't. I've heard what nothing. turned you off? The Adam Sandler. Uh, she had like all these magical powers where she just puts her head up. And I was like, what? And I just started laughing. And I'm like, I don't think I can continue with this. And it's, like Tim Burton's, it's like Tim Burton's version of That's So Raven, okay? They gave her <laughs> magical powers? <laughs> Wednesday never had magical powers. Did they rewrite the whole, the whole story? Yes, Jesus. John, it's non-canonical. She can see yeah. the future. What I heard from everybody, I had everybody was telling me because I like the cramps. They go, "Oh my God, she was dancing to Goo Goo Muck at some school dance." And yeah, everyone she was. was talking about it, and I'm like, "Well, if it gets people to listen to the cramps, I guess I'm all for it." <laughs> you know? I mean, I got the cramps once a month. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I guess she did some crazy dance, some sort of wacky dance or something yeah and then they yeah, got did a bunch of homages to different things then they got blowback on it because they found out that she had covid when they were filming that scene and well, yeah, all right so now they can be angry at her for the next year you know? yes People yes just can't wait to be to be angry at somebody yes yes yeah. yes yes that's that's the entertainment industry we need the gossip we need to we, 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 we that's true that's you good. know what i mean we need to it, it, it feeds on itself, not unlike the Republican Party not uh, being unable to uh, to elect the Speaker of the House because they let these idiots off their leashes. But they, they tied their wagon to them so they could get that constituency, just like our friend Noam Chomsky said in the video I sent you, John. And now they've got him in there, and now they don't know what to do with him because they're running around pooping on the carpet. I good. It. it made me. It made me think of Ellie Confidential. Call him off. I don't know how. I don't know how. Like, good. <laughs> good. That's what. This is what you guys wanted. Good. There's your MAGA. There's your MAGA right this, in the middle of Congress this now. Is one. This is one train wreck. I'm not going to mind watching Mm-mm. because they're just going to eat themselves alive. Front you know? row. Front row. They're going to have the majority and not be able to do shit because they're they're going to be fighting. It's yeah. It's too narrow. It's mm-hmm. too narrow. Good. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Hey, how you doing? Starting guys? at the end of the day. Uh, as soon as you said Wednesday has magical powers, I my ears pricked up because I looked at John right away and I was like, "What is John going to say about this?" I didn't know she had magical well, powers in the show. Uh, are you sure? Just learned that in like the first few minutes of the show, and then I stopped. So I don't. Maybe I don't it's know. a dream. Huh? No, she gets like a premonition. Premonition? Yeah. It's a vision. Yes. Yeah. And she does this thing where she just puts her head up. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what I've heard is that um, they've taken a whole new approach to this. I, I haven't watched one minute of it. So many it, people the, like it, but I I can't even finish the first one. So mm. I guess the fun, the fun of the original show and the movies and the cartoons is that they didn't know that they were, you know, creepy or out of, uh, you know, uh, unusual. And in this one, they sort of they're kind of in on it, which kind of kills the whole joke, you know. So I don't get it. Well, it's your boy Tim Burton, so you you know. Yeah, why is he my boy? <laughs> That's like my dad used to say that. Oh, your boy Bill Clinton. 
How's he my boy? I voted for him. How does that make him my boy? <laughs> because you love you love the Tim Burton. You love him. You, and you I'd say with my dad, I'd say, yeah, but you, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan really is your boy. I mean, yeah. really is your boy. You know? you Ronald Reagan? But, but who's who's the first, him. who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go over it. Uh, 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 Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. Yeah, I, I probably liked everything up until like Dark Shadow. Ed, I liked uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Sure. Batman. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Batman Returns. Sure. Uh, yeah, I like Batman Returns a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's your boy. He's your boy. I stopped <laughs> watching. I, I didn't care for Alice in Wonderland. I didn't go to see Dumbo. Wasn't crazy about, you know, he finally kind of went off the track there. I think the last thing I saw was that Mrs. Pellegrine's School for Unusual Children. Right. With, uh, what's her name, Ava Green. That was fine. I even enjoyed Dark Shadows. But when he started remaking all these Disney films, I just thought, I'm out. I don't want to sit through a live-action Dumbo. I don't want, you know, I didn't like what he did with Alice in Wonderland. So I just thought, I don't know. He's off the rails. But if he stopped making movies tomorrow, I would still, I love Ed Wood, you know, and, uh, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, so, you know. But it doesn't even have to catch everything he ever does for the rest of his career, you know. You, you have to get off the train if, it, <laughs> if it's going off the rails. Uh, according to an outside source, she does indeed have uh, magical powers. Uh, she can see things when she touches someone. Uh, she can see what they did. Like, she can mm -hmm. replay so, like, so that makes her, like, rogue or something. Or, the way or, she uh, does it, she just tells her future. That's a raven. <laughs> Did you watch it, Jake? Uh, I watched the first three episodes. What do you oh, think? You went far. Three episodes is not that far. It was ten. I you went. Happy too. I went like twenty minutes, or maybe less than twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've heard they nothing but good properties. things. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'll watch and they get back to you. Properties, and then they, they go. They just they rewrite the whole damn premise. You know, it's like Mission Impossible. You bought the property. Now you're going to completely right. re re re. Jigger the entire. Oh, you know, it depends it. on how they use it. It's fine if she's got like some kind of psychic power. I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. Makes uh, sense. I'll wait on you, Mario. You tell me. Yeah, don't wait on me, man. I I have horrible taste sometimes. You you've seen you've watched some of the movies we've watched. Yeah, he, yeah, we watched Zardoz. He's got that is not too. again Kung Fu driving. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. You know, Mario. I have a movie for you to borrow. What is it? I just got it for Christmas. What is it? It's about a girl group. What's it called? Girl group world. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch Spice World. I will watch it. I will. I'll fucking. I'll popcorn and watch that thing for sure. Right. For sure, I'll watch it. There's only one movie we don't watch on this show, and you know what it is. Uh, Do we? Fifth Element. No, we're gonna watch Fifth Element. Fifth Element's coming up. I don't know. It's, it's, you know what it is. The Beatles movie? One of the Beatles movies? Patrick, what is it? You're the only one that pays attention on the show. What's the one movie that we'll never watch? Oh. Uh, uh, Titanic. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Hook. Titanic. Hook, that's right. Hook. Oh, there we go. The Shining. I got into a conversation with the Lilypot. Mm -hmm. Apparently she missed the 50 episodes or so that we've talked about how much I hate that movie. She didn't realize mm -hmm. I hated it. And she is now taking it upon herself to challenge me to get me to watch that movie, I'm like, this is a challenge you will lose. Not unlike me picking up the poop on the carpet because he's told me to. It's a hook DVD inside that Spice World movie. Mm -hmm. 
What if he did that? And I'm too dumb. I'm too dumb to realize. I'm too dumb to realize that it's not. I'm not looking at. <laughs> you just didn't read that it said hook. <laughs> just, I just, I you take. Know, when you when when you saw hook, was it on cable or disc or movie? Did you take? I watched take, it when uh, it came out on home video and never. Not unlike a Justine, ten minutes into Wednesday Adams, I yeah. was like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Why the story so cute in the beginning? Yeah. Well, it is Peter Pan, but <laughs> but you don't like uh, what really uh, does it for you, Mario. Is you're not particularly big on Peter. Yeah, Pan. we. Re- I realized in the course of watching this, of doing this, the Digital Movie Club, when we, I was still watching the stuff in order. So stuff that even we weren't watching, I was like, oh, this is in the, this is in the, in chronological order. I'll watch this, uh, which shows you my dedication. By the way, thank you. That's why. Uh, this show is such a smashing success, but uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, I watched Peter Pan. I was like, I just don't like Peter Pan. The character bores me. <laughs> like this whole oh, thing. You don't like the, the other movie, Pan? No, I don't watch any. None of it. None. It's like King Arthur for me. I I, I liked Excalibur. Excalibur is the rare um, exception to the King Arthur thing. But every every version of King Arthur just bores. Robin Hood is the same thing. I was just gonna say, what about Robin? Yeah, Hood? even the, even the, even the stone. Even the, yeah, Sword in the Stone's okay. It's all right. Eh, Sword in the Stone. That's yeah. not great Disney. That's not. Eh, that's that's, kind of like, that's like that's like second tier Disney. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm that's sorry. The B team. I'm sorry. Yeah. What about Cinderella? Which one's your favorite Cinderella? Uh, the original, probably. I mean, I like that one. Oh no! But we were just uh, my friend. My friend at work was just talking about how she's obsessed with the '90s TV version with Whitney Houston. Uh, one. Yeah, that's what she said too. She said that she had the soundtrack and she knew every song. And uh, I had that VHS. I watched it so many times. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I never saw that just because that was on when I at a time when I was not watching TV. Is it? Yes. Maybe I'll and watch. Did you it. know that the prince is Filipino? <gasps> Look at that. Obvi though he looks very he's very Filipino. He's got like a he's eating bunset as he comes up. <laughs> he's like a, a really like his nose is very distinguished. Mm. Love it, man. Love love. I love that movie. I think you'll like it. It has a lot of people that you love. I might watch that. I might throw that on there. Maybe Rihanna, little Rihanna. You got- Do you know who the queen is? It's uh uh uh, uh she told me. I forgot who it is. It's what? She has dreads. Is it? Is, who is it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Nice. All right. The stepmother? Yeah. No. No, not stepmother. Stepmother is the Bernadette girl. Oh. I don't know how you feel about musicals, so you might not like that part. But I don't mind. It depends on the musical. I I'm, I can go either way. Yeah, is this is this like a, is this Rogers and Hart or something or yeah Oscar and is this uh, Rogers and Hammerstein or it's, I think it says that before it says Cinderella. Uh, Mario, you'll get a kick out of this being a Mission Impossible fan. When I was like four or five, I saw the one with Leslie Ann Warren was the lead. <laughs> oh, there you go. And she was like, you know, like, you know, like 19 or something, you know, and gorgeous. She's still gorgeous. God, I mean, like Victor Victoria, she's still gorgeous, you know, right. She looks like these days, but right, uh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Leslie Ann Warren was always a, always a, a really, really cute, a cute. I'm going to watch that. Just I'm going to throw that on. I'm going to throw that on the list along with Spice Girls, Spice World. 
Oh, God. Uh, you got it on DVD. Justine, I have a very important question for you, and it involves your Christmas present. Do you happen to have a Criterion Collection copy of uh, The Great Escape? Someone gave me Great Escape. I did. I gave it to you. <laughs> and I want to say... Was it, I, think it was, I think it was Criterion. I might be... Yeah. Because you know what? I bought that for you. I, I have it. I'm not going to give it to you because... Somewhere I thought I may have given this to you already. So it wasn't me. It was John because I didn't yeah, I remember. I remember if I gave her Criterion Edition. I did give her a copy, but I don't know if it was the Criterion. So I got, yeah. you, I got you something else. I got you something else. I mean, I'll take it. Maybe if I'm in another room, it'll be there. There you go. <laughs> you can never have too many copies of The Great Escape. There's another room, so why not? You have one that you keep next to the TV and one next to your bed in case there's a fire. You can just grab that one. I, I have it digitally, too, so. Yeah, okay, cool. I have, That's funny. I have your Christmas. I've, I've, got, I have I've, got, I've got multiple copies of Paper Moon. I, I've practically got one in every room. Because <laughs> if somebody visits and they haven't seen it, I can just hand it to them. I have the metal case for uh, Longest Day, too. Oh, there you go. The steel book. Mm. Okay. Right. You know, Justine, mm-hmm. that was on that was on last night on Turner Classics, and I watched the last half of it. Oh, so, I thought you haven't seen it yet. I, I had never seen it, and that's one of the movies. I have two movies I haven't seen for the uh, podcast. That's oh, one of them. Why and, did you watch um, the last half of it? Why would you do that? Because I was eating dinner. I was clicking around. I thought, well, I can wait until I've seen it all the way through, or I can just go fuck it. They, you know, I thought, ah, screw it. I'm going to watch it. And it was pretty damn good. I know how it ends. It's not like you're giving away the ending. I know that in the end, they take the beach and they, they kick out the where, Germans. Where did you, uh, where did you, where did you start? I came in, um, maybe a half hour before they started jumping out of the planes with the, uh, the phony, uh, Oh, okay. So you saw, yeah, you saw a lot of it. Yeah. That's like yeah. Big- and, Cause I've been putting it off and I thought if I say no, I'm going to wait till I can start it from the beginning. It's we watched that like a couple of years ago. So I thought I'm at least going to get half of this movie under my belt. Then I can, they'll run it again. I'll just watch the first half and I'll say, this is where I came in. You know? I'll finally be able to say that to a movie. Uh, yeah, that's great. But I'm, I mean, even that part is not you. You came in on a good part. I mean, you know, you, I can't believe the cast. Jesus Christ. You got Robert Mitchum. John right. Wayne. Right. You know, you got you got the guy that played Goldfinger. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he's they have all these great German actors in it too. And you've yeah. you've got Richard Burton. My God, that that end scene with Richard Burton when he's just sitting there bleeding and he's all, "Give me a cigarette. I'm just dying for a cigarette." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what? You're just dying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Everybody's in it. Jesus Christ! It's a who's who. Uh, Sal, a young Salminio when they're climbing up the ropes with Robert Wagner. Where did you even got? You've even got some like a teen idol guys in there. I think Fabian is in there. Right. I think Paul Ank is in there. Right. You're like, oh wow, this is like everybody that, that was the, working. Is that the West Side Story guy? Oh, Richard Bamer. That's Richard Bamer. He's in it. Yeah, yeah. West Side Story. The, the crazy thing is, I had read about that guy that Red Buttons was playing. The guy that got caught up in the church uh, steeple yeah. fire, and how he's just hanging there, and they're all shooting at him while he's just hanging there, helpless. I read about that guy. You know, he they shot he got shot in the foot and he made it. He survived. I think he just passed away this year. And they say every year that uh, village uh, they have like an effigy. They honor him by putting an effigy up there uh, on the church. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Some, I some years. I guess uh, there's been a couple of years where he's actually gone there for the celebration. Pretty crazy. 
truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's sitting there and uh, just watching everything. That's such a horrifying scene too. You have like guys landing like in the in the burning building. It's a pretty you know for for its age. Uh, it's pretty realistic, you know. It's pretty realistic for for the time. I, I guess it was a, a novelty that they're all speaking their own language. It's subtitled, and everyone's going with their own right. language. Mm-hmm. They said they thought that was kind of risky. Now, of course, in Glorious Bastards, you've got movies that are doing it all the time. But for that time, they said, "No, this isn't going to feel right." You know, this can't be one of those movies where they're all speaking English. You know, right? Uh, it, but it works. It makes the movie really work does. better. Yeah. It, it makes it work better. I think. Um, and you get to see what they're thinking about and what, what's going on and their yeah, strategy and <clears throat> they're trying to figure everything out while it's happening. And yeah, it's a great movie. I'm glad you finally watched at least, you probably saw about two thirds of it. I would what say, What I'm going to try to do is this week, I'm going to try to watch the, uh, the first half and then you can mark it off the list as a movie I've seen. The setup is really good. The setup is not boring at all when you're getting into all of the. Yeah. I, you know, it's just a matter of carving out that time. I know it's like a four hour movie, so, you right. know. Watching it in pieces probably, and this is one movie where that probably is not a problem, you know. Right. And, uh, no, you know, it doesn't. the shortest movie to ever watch. What was that? That was one of your all-time favorites, right? It's great. It's a great movie. I like that movie a lot. The other one that was on the other day and I watched it, uh, New Year's, was uh, Rear Window. I was trying to remember what uh, what everybody thought of that. As, you should that have was watched The Apartment. Ago. Oh, I've seen that a billion times. <laughs> for New Year's movie. My for New Year's we watched uh, we finished It's a Wonderful Life. We had started it. We watched uh we watched The Apartment and we watched When Harry Met Sally. So it was a nice That's little, a good triple play there. Yeah. Harry Met Sally. Well, yeah, it ends at New Year's. It ends at New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's always a good New Year's I movie. Because the cover, yeah, the cover has the that was the cover of the soundtrack too. Uh, was them standing under a tree, uh, standing in Central Park with the fall, but yeah, it does end at um, I totally forgot who's uh, who's Darth Vader right now, Patrick. Sorry, what are you watching there, Patrick? We can't see your screen, but uh, were you watching Spice World? I could tell by the breathing. I wish. I wish. <laughs> and Roger Moore as the boss. Oh boy. Should have been watching Spice World. Do they Should sing uh do they sing If You Wanna Be Mad? Does that come out in the movie? Does that song it does? Oh, I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm watching it. Well, I mean, you'll hear like the background songs. There's occasional where they're singing out like singing a song, but it's so good. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. check it out. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see Spice World. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I feel like for whatever reason it would be a good uh, double feature with Zoolander. I don't know why I think that in my head. <laughs> I just feel like it would be a good, a good. Double. I, know, yeah. I think you'll like the good scene where um, there's like a huge action scene. I think you'll like it. It's on the bridge. Okay, who directed Spice World? Patrick, can you pull that up or Jake? Yeah, I got you. Hold on. Alan Smithy. Hey, John. Great reference. Thank you. Mm, Bob Spears. Uh, what else has he directed? He has directed uh, Kevin of the North, The Darn Cat, Spice World, The Goodies. Absolutely fabulous. Nothing we've ever seen. <laughs> that darn, darn cat. cat with, uh, I think yeah. that's Christina Ricci, isn't it? Or, or is it? Who's in that? Uh, yeah. Is it Christina? Did you say Abfab? Abfab's Absolutely great. Fabulous. That's a great show. Abfab. 
he did the movie Ad of the show. Yeah. Yeah. No I know people that are really into that show, but it always left me cold. <laughs> it's two drunk British ladies. What's not, what's not to like, John? <laughs> It's great about all the references, though, because they go back. Their heyday was the 60s. So the references are great. Uh, the, people that, the people that they passed out with and slept with and all that stuff. I love it. You got to love it. Hey, it's 2023 now. So I, I thought we'd take a moment to look back at some of our favorite stuff from 2022, 20 minutes into the show. Uh, it's a real loose list. I just asked the guys to like prep some stuff earlier. Like just, it doesn't have to be formal, and, and it doesn't even have to be anything that came out in 2022. What is something that you discovered in 2022 that you that you are going to carry on, carry forward into your life? Uh, wow, that's uh, yeah. Let's let's talk like movies. Uh, usually, the movie is the one I'm pretty dead on. I'm always something something that got that released during the year. Uh, I had to go back. You know, this year was so it felt so long. We were kind of coming mm-hmm. out of COVID at the start, and then we kind of came out of it for a minute, and then we're kind of, now it's kind of there still, but uh, we're not quite out of it. But uh, I got back to the movie theater this year, um, uh, so I finally, you know, that was that was nice uh, to finally get back inside of a movie theater. Um, <clears throat> what did you guys think? I haven't seen Glass Onion yet, and I have a feeling that's going to that's gonna be on my top, just from the because I love the first one. I feel like this one's going to, it's a lock. Yes. Uh, As I was saying, sorry, uh, before we were rudely interrupted by a tech. uh, Yeah. uh, So let's start with the, the movies like where, like I said, the movies where I usually, that's usually the only one where it's something current. Uh, And I said, I was saving glass onion. I feel like that's going to be, in my top five, just because I love Knives Out so much. Uh, not to spoil anything, IMDb, that's the number one movie of the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what did you guys enjoy this year? What movies came out this year that you enjoyed? Or what movie did you discover this year? Maybe through the social, uh, through the social, through the digital movie club. Maybe. Uh... The digital movie club. Who watches any of those movies? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Who watches Whoa. movies like that? The fuck you expect us to work here or something? Mm-hmm. John, what, what was your favorite movie this year? I'll tell you what my favorite movie wasn't. Wasn't Maverick. A bunch of you guys hyped the shit out of that movie. Loved it. Oh, so uh, good. That's definitely Jake's fault. Mm. Never saw it. I'm um I yeah, I, I missed a lot of movies. The the two uh two of the movies I caught actually in the theater. I liked uh, everything everywhere all at once. I thought that might have been just about the best thing I saw all year. Uh, I'm right there and, with you. Uh, also, I liked Northman, which everybody kind of forgot about already. But uh, Northman, I liked a lot. I want to see that. It's been it's been uh, it's been on my list. I have not watched it yet. Pretty powerful. And um, so that's it for new movies. I, I missed a shitload of new movies, but for but for new stuff, yeah, I think I like that the best. Yeah. And then there's things that got re-released on on DVD, like special editions and stuff. Um, the Girl Can't Help It just came out. That was Criterion. And um, I got that for my birthday. And that's, um, birthday. that's got a bunch of extras. And that's got color footage of uh, Little Richard and uh, Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran, uh, Julie London, uh, Fats Domino. And uh, pretty funny picture, too, on top of it. You got all those musical performances, but then it's also pretty good comedy. And if you like Jane Mansfield, it's probably the only one you have to see. <laughs> the only real movie, you know. 
Um, and it was directed by uh, Frank Tashlin, right? The the animated animation director. Frank Tashlin started with Looney Tunes. He was an animator at Warner Brothers, and he's the only one that graduated to live action. They always thought Tex Avery would have been a great live action director, but the only one that made the transition was Frank Tashlin. And you know, he did about eight Martin and Lewis movies, and then he did another like <laughs> he did a bunch of Jerry Lewis movies, but he did Bob Hope as well, and uh, a couple Jane Mansfields, and. Um, He's one of those directors that the French just thought was great. You know, maybe it was the Jerry Lewis connection, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, they love Jerry Lewis. And then the other thing I got was they just put this out. There's a, uh, a special Criterion edition of Arsenic and Old Lace with a commentary track and a bunch of bonus stuff. And you also get a radio broadcast with Bo- Boris Karloff. He didn't get to make the movie because uh, they did the the play was still on Broadway. When you mean this one, John? You mean this one? This copy that I have right in front of me? This. This Criterion copy of Arsenic and Old Lace. Let me oh, see wow. Unpin it. Right there. Hey, see that's it. it. That's yeah. it. You got it. Uh, yeah, the one the one I got you for your birthday. That one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Way to ruin his birthday, John. Stop buying shit for yourself, John. How many times have I told you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. Wow. That's uh, great, Mario. Yeah, Thank great. For I guess, me. guys, just so you yeah. know, I just bought myself a copy yeah. of... Uh, Arsenic oh, and old lace. Beautiful. Pop it. Pop it. <laughs> Sorry, Mario. I didn't even think about that. I was there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God. Gotta mm-hmm. snap it up. Yep. Stop buying yourself shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God damn it, John. Anyway, it's great. God. Well, Mario, pop it in. You're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. I hate that movie. Just kidding. I love it. My yeah, wife can't stand it. Radio. Since, love since Car- Carlos not in the movie, but you get a, a radio production of him doing his character. My my wife so. uh, hates that movie. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Too shrill. That? Too shrill. Oh yeah, yeah right. And Cary Grant himself thought he was a little, he was too over the top. He said it was his least favorite uh, performance, but he was in the minority because it was a big hit, and everybody thinks it's Cary Grant as at his most Cary Grant. But he thought he was playing it way too broad. He, he said the idea was maybe that they that maybe like uh, tone it down a little when they edited it, <laughs> or maybe do some reshoots or retakes. But you know what happened? World War II broke out, and Capra got you know he got pulled into making uh, training films and stuff like that. You know why we fight films. So he said that all went out the window. The movie went out as is, but it was a smash hit. So you know it's a good but one. He does like double takes and tr- he has like double takes and triple takes. The whole movie is him reacting all this craziness around him and i can see where that would be a little too much for some people what and the great thing is it's really a screwball comedy that came out late because of the war it was actually pushed it was at the end of that screwball comedy period fits right in with the rest of those but kind of gets pushed back till 46 because of the war yeah they sat on it they sat on it for three years they shot it and uh there was a special deal which uh they said as long as this play is running on broadway you can't release the movie you can shoot it but we don't want it competing with the play because the play was doing gangbusters business. So finally, the play, after like thousands of performances, finally wound down and they stopped. And then they said, okay, now you can put it out. And it was like three years later. <laughs> so you're right. It feels more like a movie that was made at the early, in the early 40s. Right. Comes out, comes out like, after, you know, the war is practically over by the time it comes out. So that's interesting. And the last, I think it's the last smash hit that, that Capra had because when he came back from World War II, he never really had another big hit. Not even "It's a Wonderful Life" wasn't even a hit, really. No. In its time, so uh, arsenic and old lace. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> yeah, thanks for nothing. Double up, doubling up on a present. 
whenever I play it, I'll say this is the one that Mario gave me. Yeah. I, so Justine, that's Aww. that's two strikes for me. That's two strikes for me. So uh, I cordially invite you all to suck it. Uh, what, did, what, did Justine, what did Justine have that you had for uh, the Great Escape? Uh, yeah, John, you actually screwed me twice, so thanks, buddy. Hey, uh, okay. it's okay. <laughs> even buy him dinner first. Uh, Justine, what was your favorite movie last year? I enjoy the greatest beer run ever. Oh, I saw that. I didn't see it, but I've seen that. Like I, no, I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see it, but I saw the got her hopes up. That's okay. I don't know. Not a lot of people saw it, so it's like I've heard I nothing guess. but good things, Justine. Um, and I also like the period piece, uh, Turning Red. <laughs> uh-huh. I forgot that came out this year. It was earlier in the year. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. That was pretty I just, good. I just love the whole, they gave these little girls a boy band. And Billy Eilish wrote the songs. And it's just like perfectly me as a child. So it was great. I'm about to check it out. I still need to watch that. I, I'm behind on my animated pictures. I've not watched it. Oh, so you didn't see Strange World? That one was really good. I did not was see it? it. That got Strange I was World hoping that would be like a woke movie. <laughs> oh. When you watch it, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> it got you know, I wanted this I wanted that to be good. It got terrible reviews and I, I got this I guess Why yeah. You I got this. Mad when it's on Disney Plus and you didn't have to go to a theater. How are you gonna get I mad? know, I know. Ooh. Actually wait, what movie? Strange uh, World. Strange World, yeah. Oh yeah, it was, yeah a- it was like a little pulp adventure, right? It was like a little takeoff on the pulp adventures. Yeah. But it, it has like an interracial couple. Their dog is three-legged. Come on. Their son is gay. I love it. I mean, Their son is gay. Come I love on. it. I love is it. it uh, is it two-dimensional animation? I thought I no. read something that it was... No, it's CGI. Okay. It's what, John, what is this two-dimensional animation you speak of? <laughs> Watch, uh, watch some Looney Tunes. We are in the age we can't because HBO Max has pulled like half of them off. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They own the rights. They Warner owns the rights. Discovery fucked everybody. That's what. Oh, happened. that's the deal that killed all the DC characters too. HBO yeah. Max is quickly because it went from one of the best streaming services with a shitty interface. Uh, oh to, my god! To one of the worst. To one of the streaming. worst. Well, Turner Classic it has the second worst streaming or uh, interface. Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime will Prime Video sucks. Prime Videos, yeah. but I will tell you what. Gems on Prime, but it's trash. Turner yeah. Turner Classic is the only thing keeping me with keeping that HBO Max subscription alive. Uh, that's the new thing that I'm into now is watching um, drag shows so they have a show called We're Here it's so good they also had a show called Trixie Motel Motel no Trixie Motel and that's what got me into drag and now I've been watching We're Here and now I'm always watching YouTube videos of drag queens Trixie Motel is funny I think that's a funny one love her I watch her all the time like Katja Hmm. But 15, HBO has been hooking me in with all the drag right now. Man, that, that's about the only thing they have going for them because they're they're really they're really gutting their own service. It's crazy. And they took. I wonder, yeah, what's wrong, what, John? No, I wonder how that. Um, they must have their reasons, but how does dropping all this stuff, all this content, help them? <laughs> because someone explained it to me. What it is is they're they're instead of going out and buying new server space. 
to, to host more stuff, they're cannibalizing their own. So they're dumping stuff they own so they can reuse those servers to get other stuff. Oh. So yeah, it's a, it, it's a cost cutting it's a cost cutting out. yeah it's a cost cutting measure because so you drop it and then yeah, you load up the, new stuff yeah there's only so much yeah. space that you have to hold these things right you have all this content ah, you need to hold okay. so you cannibalize it's not, yeah it's not an infinite amount of space no there's there's entire buildings uh, the one Wilshire building downtown in, in L A is almost all servers it's almost wow. all data servers yeah and that's a okay. high rise that's a high rise there's just server farms in there. But eventually, so that's why uh, yeah, that's why Netflix drops a lot of stuff too, right? right. It's like that Black yep. Mirror episode with all the servers, and then you load your your consciousness into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you better you have know, a backup. I've noticed something; it always goes back to Black Mirror for Justine. Well, it's the Twilight Zone for her generation. We just like me and John always go. It's like that Twilight episode where the dude. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just a, sure, sure. Yeah. Someday they'll be doing marathons, Thanksgiving Day marathons of uh, Twilight Zone. Of Black I mean, Mirror. Dark Mirror. Black Mirror, yeah. yeah. I love Black it, Mirror. What is that? Is that Netflix? or? Uh... I think it's Netflix. <laughs> you should check it out, John. You'll like it. The first episode's I've great. Heard n- I've heard nothing but good things about it. <laughs> first episode's yeah, just or porn. Jake, what was your favorite, uh-huh. your favorite movie this year, man? What was your favorite movie you saw? The first one that came to mind was Prey. Oh, that was great. That kind of got forgotten. I was so shocked because <laughs> I've got a bad taste in my mouth from all those Alien versus Predator movies that we right. had before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, they're so bad. Like, uh, I mean, they're cool, but just not, I just don't think they're that great. Right. No, this like, one was like, like well written. It was a unique, um, unique setting for Alien versus Predator. It was back in I don't remember the exact time period, but it was like it was during like the it was like the, it was like the Americans. Yeah, it was like well, the French were still colonizing because remember they yeah. run into they were running they run into the band of uh, French trappers, and um, the whole costume was practical. They obviously did CD, CG to animate some of the stuff or embellish some of the animations, but that whole suit was that was uh, practical. For the um, for the predator, right? For the you really call Yontus for the Yontu? Really, really, really well done. It premiered on mm-hmm. Hulu, uh, got great reviews. I don't think a lot of people saw it, Mm-mm. but it really took Predator back to its roots. Uh, you know the you know uh, even further, right? It, it went even further back and shows you a time period when um, when the predators would have been roaming the earth looking for for prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's really, really well done. Very suspenseful. Yeah, that um, scene where they're running through the, like the dense, uh, through like the tall grass. Yes, when they're getting shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so those scenes are just so awesome. Yeah, really, really, really well done. Really good. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good pick, Jake. Uh, that, and Very I got, I had kind of forgot that that came out this year. Again, it, it was it felt the year felt so long. Um, and when you're watching a lot of these at home, it's kind of, you lose the, there's nothing really to, you know, when you see a movie in a theater, you kind of go, oh yeah, we went to theater, theater to see that, you know, we did this that day. And, uh, it's hard when you sit down and just watch it because you're streaming so much other stuff constantly that it's hard to pick out. But yeah, that was a great pick. Good pick. Patrick. Uh, mine, something actually that finally brought some originality back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh, yeah. I 
really fell in love with that movie. I think that artistically it was done in such a way that was really riveting and uh, a nice change of pace and gave some a breath of fresh air to that uh, cinematic universe. And, you know, I have a, a, a small, very, very, very small beat of hope. Well, I think having fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I have the, I think having Michael Giacano, uh, Giacano. I never know it how to pronounce different, it. and I think that's just what they need to embrace. Is because the best thing about comic books, for me at least, is they're so unique. The art styles can be so varied and different, and that's what I feel like is missing from the Marvel universe. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was, I, it was I, nice to see something that wasn't part of you know the Avengers yeah, story. Yeah, you know? fuck them. I don't give a shit about them. That's why Spider-Verse did so well, you know? It was such a great movie, but it had such a unique, interesting, like, um, style. art style to mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. It was wholly original. It, even in the even in the framework of the Marvel Universe, it was yeah. e- extremely original. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's only an hour long, but it is a movie. And if you haven't seen it, it's worth oh, checking yeah, it's out. It's movie. It's It's by far one of the better... Uh, it's the best Marvel movie that came out this year in comparison to like Doctor Strange, Spider Man. Uh, I don't know. If I, well, Sp- well, we didn't. Well, we haven't seen Black Panther two, so I, I, it's I can good. Hold my reservation. It's really good. But from what I've seen, it's the most original for sure. Uh, it's it was good, man. Thumbs up for that one. That's a great. That's a great pick. I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree like with old, you there. It felt like an old school a horror film. You know what movie it felt like to me, John? It felt like the most dangerous game. That's the feel sure. it had. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was the. That was the exact feel I got from that movie. It, it had that that vibe of dread. Right. You know, especially when she gets locked in that cage with him. It's like, oh no, oh no. Right. <laughs> that was that was really great. You know what's going to happen next? <laughs> We're both locked in this cage together. Oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You're locked in here with me. Um, That's right, <laughs> Rorschach. The uh, I gotta go with everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. That movie really, uh, uh, it it does have some, it does, it does lend itself to a certain amount of excess sometimes. But it was just for me, it was just great to see Michelle Yeoh finally get a movie where she gets to act and be, um, uh, just do a great job acting. And then also still do a very physical performance, but it was a it was a great mm-hmm. performance by her. It was just great to see her. Uh, that you you could tell they obviously had a lot of love for her uh, when this was written and the way it was directed. They they really uh, knew how to knew her strengths, and they also let her do just some some acting. Just it wasn't all punching and kicking. It was her doing some really uh, really emotional heavy lifting, and uh, it's the role of a lifetime for her. It's, yeah, kind of like. It's kind of like the way Jackie Brown was for Pam Greer. You're, she must have read this script and just said, this is the best thing I'm ever going to get. You know? Right, right. So for me, it was more about, uh, you know, it's not a perfect movie, but for me, it was for just to see Michelle Yeoh shine like that was just, I think that that that, that to me. I mean, we watched Supercop. We all loved it, I think. I yeah. Know, uh, I don't know if. Jack, do we get Patrick and Justine's take on? You have so many movies you have to catch up on. We're going to catch you up today. Yeah, we've just been so busy. Oh, you're gonna. I'm sure. I, you, I have I'm to sure, watch. A bunch I'm sure of you stuff. watched them already. You wouldn't disappoint me like that. No, no, I, I no. I, I have to watch a bunch of stuff. I know I you guys no would time. never disappoint me like that. I'm sorry. I'm really disappointed. I, I am absolutely disappointing you like that. I am so watch. sure. I am 100 percent sure. Much. You guys would. Yeah. Never. <laughs> 
Ah, kid, kid, because I love. Uh, what, okay, what about uh, TV? What did you? What was your favorite TV show this year, guys? What was your favorite? Justine's an avid TV watcher. Mm-hmm. I think John and I might have the same pick. I already said I was like obsessed with all the drag shows right now. Yeah, that was that was your favorite thing on TV was one of the drag shows. Yeah, she's been watching it constantly. Constantly, and then I watch like when I wake up, I watch a YouTube video of some of them usually. Oh, nice! I'm surprised I, she didn't say like the circle or too hot to handle. Those are she not a lot of those. Uh, Emily in Paris. I never saw that. Sorry, did you want uh, me to watch it? No. <laughs> Does that sound like something I would watch? Does it sound like something I should watch? I don't know. I don't know. People loved it. Emily in Paris. April in Paris. Da, 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 da. John, what was your favorite TV show this year? Uh, probably Andor. Yes. Yes. Amen, my brother. Yeah. That I never was sharp. It was really worth catching. You have to stick with it. Start slow, but you really have to stick with it. It's it's Star Wars for adults. You know, it's really a grown-up Star Wars. And right. a complete immersion. It's like you are in that world. So, I don't know. I don't know why people didn't like it, but I loved it. Oh, um, Pam and Tommy. Sorry, I like that show. Oh, was that was that about uh, Pam Pam Greer and uh, Tommy Pamela Lee Jones? Anderson and uh, Tommy Lee. How was it? <laughs> that was a good show. I I don't know if I rewatch it. It was it was a lot, but it was a good show. I enjoyed it. It was like the beginning of the year too. I think. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what was your favorite TV show, honey? Prehistoric Planet on Apple TV. Oh, was it good? It was worth it. Oh, it was so great! I love those. I love those uh, speculative, uh, like dinosaur documentaries. And I mean, it's yeah. They had a they had a unique way of doing it where they did biomes instead of focusing on like a certain dinosaur or a certain area. Like, um, so it's pretty cool. I might I, have to. I really enjoy. I it. might have to watch it. I might have to watch it. And the CGI for it is immaculate. I don't it's like the changes they've made to the dinosaurs. I want the dinosaurs I had when I was a kid. I know they're scientifically inaccurate, but I want them all look to look like the dinosaurs on the train ride at Disneyland. That's mm. the way I want. <laughs> then you're going to be disappointed. That's the way I want. I don't want them with feathers. T-Rex, I don't want them. T Rex looking, looking chunky. Was a big boy. I don't want. I don't want a chunky. I don't you don't want a, a nice chunky T Rex. No, I want a, I want a nice lean, small armed. You don't want to see you don't want to see a dreadnoughtus with air sacs that uh, that they blow up. No, to, uh, no. If Ray, if Ray Harryhausen didn't animate it, I don't want to see it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> if it. If it wasn't chasing Raquel Welch around the cave, uh, fucking Patrick. You don't want to see a giant perfect. apex predator <laughs> flapping its flapping its arms like its bright red arms around as a as a mating display. No, no. Then you might not like. You should I want to see a caveman <laughs> throw a spear into an allosaurus's neck. That's what I want to see. I want to see a T Rex get body slammed by a giant gorilla and then have his jaw broken. Okay, I need my dinosaurs factually inaccurate. Yes, okay. yes. I want to see a dinosaur that looks like a, Kom- a Komodo dragon with a fin glued to it. No, I do not. No, I do not. That's where I draw the line. That is where I draw the line. I want to see a lizard with a fin tied to it. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> looks fake. fake. My dinosaurs fake. need to be shooting nuclear blasts out of their mouths. Yes. Okay. No amount of James Mason in the foreground is ever going to make a, a, a lizard with a with a 
with a fin glued to its back look realistic to me. I don't care how. I love this. The dinosaur. Yeah, the, the, this is a, dinosaur. These are creatures from a prehistoric time. That's unborn lizard that you're eating, not tapioca pudding. <laughs> yes, uh, Mr. Thornhill, it would uh, do you well to uh, end this charade. Um, why, why Leonard, I think. We have a, a brontosaurus burger made from the face. <laughs> Wait for the master. And by that, I mean the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, it, the great James Mason. Yes. Uh, Mr. Keaton, I believe you left these film canisters in the secret compartment. <laughs> I love it. He gets to actually say to him, secret compartment. Yeah. Was. Was this, so, compartment. James Mason, unsung hero of the, of the silent uh, era. Uh, I pressed the button and out came yes. the general. And I wanted to hide my the... casks of amontillado in the <laughs> earthen, and there was the box of film nitrate film stock. Here you are. Sherlock Jr. on top. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, so that's a little story for you guys. James Mason moved into Buster Keaton's old house and found a secret room with all of his old film canisters and tracked Buster Keaton down and gave them back to him, so... What a so guy. Nice. Another look at that kitty. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Uh Patrick, what was your favorite TV, honey? Uh mine, I just watched last week. It just barely made the cut for 2022. Uh it made me cry on the very last episode. I, I bawled like a, a small child. Cobra Kai. It was incredibly beautiful, uh, well done, refreshing, and a uh beautiful cinema piece added to an already wonderful universe uh and probably the finest disney plus star wars show i have seen thus far uh i finally sat down and watched andor and it was amazing man how about that episode Uh, 10 how about that episode 10 uh even the last episode the last episode are you fucking kidding me i know great right that's that's where I broke down. I was like, this is... Uh, it captures... I, I don't want to spoil anything because I'm going to make Justine watch it again with me. Uh, it captures the spirit of what they were doing and mm-hmm. why they were doing it mm-hmm. incredibly well. Um, and it, it left me in tears. I was... It was extremely heartfelt. Some of the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it really shows you how messy the rebellion is. It's not this clean, it's not this clean thing where there's you know there's so much there's so many sacrifices they have to make, so many calculated losses they have to. It really shows you how they fucked up Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes uh, Boba Fett and Obi Wan look super cartoony by comparison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Obi Wan's not as bad as Boba Fett. Don't get me wrong, but still, there was definitely. I mean, I hate to say it, and this is this is a real big stretch for me. Don't you do it? It was better than Mandalorian. Hey, Ooh. well, it's I, more. I it's like, like John said, it's Disney for grownups. Mandalorian's great. It's fun. It's a fun show. Don't get me wrong, but it's this a is swashbuckler. It's it's a swashbuckler basically. But yeah, but this is really, um, you know, it, let's compare it to westerns. You know, the, you know, uh, you know, the Mandalorian is like, you know. Is like yeah, the, Man- I, the Mandalorian is like yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, mm-hmm. this would be like Unforgiven, 
you know, right. and or right. would be. Kind of- I would say even more like because of all the intrigue and stuff, this was like peak Game of Thrones. Right, right. right? Like where Game of Thrones was like you had to sit down, you wanted to watch it, you couldn't walk away from it. Mm-hmm. I I watched this from start to finish within a day, and I'm actually really glad I waited for everything to be out. Right. Um. I, it was, it was, it was amazing. I'm glad you watched it, man, because it's it uh, was one of my favorite things on TV this year. And uh, it started out slow, and I, you know, first couple episodes, I was like, ah, where's this going? And then all of a sudden, it just takes a I turn, and you're just like, it, it was short at the beginning. Like each episode was fairly short. It's like thirty minutes, thirty six minutes, and then as you get towards the end, it ramps up. I think to like fifty five, fifty eight minutes. Like right. They, they played that smart because it really draws your interest. And by the time you're at the end, you don't notice how long the episodes are because you are so engrossed. Right, man. Yeah. You're immersed. So, 10 yeah. out of 10. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm i still thinking about it. I know it's fresh in my mind, but I am. Yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm hankering for a rewatch myself. I've, I've gone yeah, back and I, watched. And I'm, I'm 100% okay if there is no season two. There is going to be one. But uh, I think it just, it just brings them up to date because, you know, a lot of this stuff was hinted at in Rogue One. I, I like yeah. Rogue One. A lot of this was hinted at, that there are problems in between factions within the rebellion. This one <clears throat> really just spells it out. It just uh, so what worries me about a season two is I don't want them to I don't want them to fuck it up <laughs> right. because it's, right. it's right. so good. Yeah. It's it's to the point of like it's it's Princess Bride level. You don't need to do a sequel. You don't need yeah. Yeah. You know what comes next, and that's okay. Sure. sure. It's interesting because, you know, we know what happens to them in Rogue One. So they're going to, I guess they're going to close up. <laughs> I guess they're going to, you know, close it up. And yeah. I don't know when they'll end the, the second season. Yeah. I, there's no, they, they always intended there to be two seasons. I don't think they're going to go beyond that. But you're right, Patrick. It's like you just pray they don't screw it up because this yeah. was so solid. And you just, God, the acting was just top notch and the writing was great. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. And it, I, that's definitely what elevated a lot of it, too, is the script was it's it's a great script. Like it, it's yeah. it, it's you, you compare them to the previous series and you're just like, this is the heart of what Star Wars is, where it is eloquent. It is beautiful. It is it, inspiring. Uh, yeah. And what? Uh, I loved and it, man. More, we figured out this is Tony Gilroy, right? He did a lot of those Born Identity movies, so right? Right. He knows You're how welcome. to he knows how to juggle a lot of intrigue and a lot of characters. With this one, you really have to keep all the characters straight, but it really pays off because everybody's got a connection to somebody else. Yeah. Sure. That's uh, you know, there's all these. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, Patrick, what did yeah. you think of that last episode? The way they got everybody, everybody in the story gets in the same can't place. Talk about it. I can't talk about it. Yeah, she needs to see it. Okay, I just thought it was amazing that they were able to tie everything yep. up mm-hmm. in one. You know that last episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she uh, hasn't seen. It. She hasn't seen any of it. No. Okay. No, I do have one gripe about it, and this is just from a, a a Star Wars perspective. There's too many fucking humans in this universe. Oh well, you know. Yeah, that probably kept the it, it probably kept the um the, the cost down. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they spent that on uh, Mario and I were talking about how realistic everything looks as far as the uh, locations and the equipment and the and the uh, the production design. It doesn't feel like a movie set. It really feels like the real deal. Yeah. And that that couldn't have been cheap. So maybe that was a way 
to not make every other character an alien that costs extra money. And you could tell that they didn't want to do a lot, a lot of blue screen stuff. You well, know? I think they, well, I think they did a lot of the same techniques from just from watching it. I think they did a lot of the same techniques that they got from Obi-Wan because the way they did his cinematography, it's all a circular set and it's the, they're able to make it look extremely realistic. Ah, well, it sure worked because there was never a moment where I was thinking, ah, you know, you can always tell there's always a part of your brain that's saying, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not anywhere <laughs> real. This always felt real. Uh, part of that's because they're like down in the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this is like scrap metal places. This is really like Mario was saying, this is the lower, the lower end. <laughs> and then they kind of juxtapose it by showing what's going on in the, the highest reaches of all the politics going on at dinner parties within the Senate, you know? <laughs> So in that way, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. You got the people that are in the mud and the people that are in the highest levels of power, you know. Uh, you're right. And you got to see Mon Mothma, which a lot of people make fun of the name. Some people say she was a boring character. Uh, that oh, whole thing, great. that whole thing, her whole situation, uh, that whole, the way that unfolded was just great. Uh, yeah, by the, by the end, that is an interesting character. You're right. At first... You're kind of like, well, what, wh- where's this going? And by the end, you're completely seeing the situation she's in, right? And the risks she's taking, yeah, right. It's crazy. Uh, uh, loved it. Uh, could not recommend it highly enough. All right, uh, TV uh, music. Did you guys discover anything new, or did you did you have an album that you liked this year? A particular album, something you like, Jake? Anything from Pentatonix that came out this year that we should know about? Uh, Justine, you're always on the Black Pink. Obviously, put out a new album this year. That's their new album that came out. Your girl Beyonce put out her 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 new album is uh, I think it's like nine Grammys. She's nominated for like nine Grammys or something. I don't think I've heard it yet. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, you haven't heard it. Nope. That's your queen. That's Queen B. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, listened to radio in a long time. I mean, she'll I'm always be second to Rihanna, but I mean, that's your queen. You know, like yeah. You know what I'm saying. I'm surprised you didn't listen to that album. No, I heard Lizzo's album. I heard that was great. I heard that was great. She has her concert up on um, HBO that I almost went to. She's a national. She's a national treasure, Lizzo. She is a national treasure. <laughs> she really is. She's great. I love it. Good, good, yeah. a good songs. A lot of energy. High energy. Documentary, and then now her um, her show is cool. She's blowing up that Lizzo. Uh, yeah. what about you, Jake? You're always on the cutting edge of you know, what, what, what do you got? Um, uh, they, uh, Bad Sons had released an album this year, I think mid this year called Apocalypse Whenever, which I've been listening to, um, on repeat for quite a while now. That one's dollar fun. That's a great album title. That is a great Apocalypse album. Whenever. Title. Yeah, that is a great album title. Mm-hmm. Patrick. Um, honestly, I've been listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin lately. Great. It's just, it's been kind of the mood of this year. Houses of the Holy? Yeah. Jermaker? Mm-hmm. I've just been putting it on random. Love it. Can't go go wrong getting the lead out. Just what, what's the name of that? What's the name of that uh, that band that sounds just like Led Zeppelin? It's not uh, Wolf Mother. Greta Van Fleet. Greta, yeah, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, man, they are. They sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. It's funny they asked Robert Plant about that. They say, "What do you think about this guy?" And he's trying to be gracious. He's all, "Yeah, I like him. Nice little band." 
the uh, the lead vocalist definitely uh, <laughs> is tipping his hat to me. <laughs> yeah. They're like kids, you know, they're like 21 or something, you know. They sound great. I love they them. They do, but it sounds like Zeppelin. First time I heard them, I thought, is that a new Zeppelin album? Right. <laughs> it's somebody... I really did. I thought, gee, did they get them back together or something or what? That was like Wolf Mother when I first heard Wolf Mother. That first album yeah, felt yeah. like felt like a lost no. Zeppelin album. Hmm. Yeah, whatever happened to Wolf Mother? They put out a second. They broke up. Put out a second oh. album with a with a new uh, that wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it just never hit, and that was it. I guess the lead singer was insufferable. I guess he was very difficult to uh, work. They with. usually are. You know what band that uh, that people tend to look over overlook that I really love, and they put out a new album this year was uh, Arctic Monkeys. I like the Arctic Monkeys. Eh. Yeah, see, was, see that, what, eh. was that like a comeback album or something? I don't know if it was a comeback, but it's a it's a very interesting album from them. But I I like them a lot, uh, John. They be, they mostly because they sing in that. I think they're from uh, uh, the, they're from the north in, mm-hmm. uh, in in England. So it's not Manchester. It's not uh, I forgot where they're from. But uh, they've got the, he's got the thick northern accent. He's got a really thick northern, and he sings with it, which I always loved, but I always liked mm-hmm. Arctic, I always liked Arctic Monkeys. Um, uh, uh, Fluorescent Adolescent is a great song about a woman who's lost her, her, her winning ways and uh, is now, it's great. Uh, it's a great song. Um, probably misogynistic, yes, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake, did you find anything this year? Oh, you already you already said uh, Justine, nothing. Music? Yeah. Black Pink. That's right. Okay, you're gonna go black pink. Uh, John, what did you would you uh uh I have you know I'm always clueless on the new stuff, but there was a couple really good reissues this year. Uh, they re they re-released revolver, the Beatles revolver, mm. and uh, they went back in there and separated all the original tracks out. So now you can really hear everything, um, more of the bass and drums and all that. When will you and be sat? When will you people be satisfied? When? Then? When? Uh, How many times? <laughs> also, they they cooked up. Uh, they released a, a double disc of uh, outtakes and demos and rehearsals, so you can see the way these songs were built from the ground up. And uh, you know that stuff's always fun. The the in between song uh, banter and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. And then, for people that don't dig the Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones put out a live album from uh, 1977 called uh, At the Macombo Club. And uh, it's really them. It's just, this would have been right after they put out, uh, actually before, right before they put out Some Girls. And um, this is the incomplete show. This is the entire show. Over the years, they've kind of released a track here, a track there. Right. Uh, this time they put out the whole show on one disc and it sounds great. It sounds like you're in the room with them. It was a small club to begin with. One of those secret club dates that, you know, people had to kind of find out like the day of. And uh, this is great. They're playing all kinds. This is really them at their, you know, the last time they were at their peak. You know, 77 for me was the last time they're really at their peak. 77, you would say? Yeah, I'm not too interested. I mean, um, after some girls, I'm not too interested once in a while. They put out something good, like Steel Wheels was pretty good. That was a good tour. I caught the Steel Wheels tour. But as far as like putting out albums that were like masterpieces, you know, 78 was probably it, you know. Uh, I don't want to be your beast of burden. Yeah, all that, you know, all that stuff was the last time they put out an album that they were all like great songs. You know, Beast of Burden, Shattered, Miss You, 
uh, before they make me run, you know, all that stuff was on, you know, the last time they had an album, you could just play all the way through, uh, you know, Tattoo, Tattoo You was great. It had Start Me Up. But almost everything on that album were old tracks. That was like a roundup of tracks that had been uh, left off of previous albums. So the last time I think they were firing on all cylinders was probably like 78, 79 for some girls. All right. Okay. Uh, if you haven't heard it, I uh, highly recommend uh, Kendrick Lamar's album uh, that came out this year. If you're into the, into the, into the hippie hop. Uh, what is it called? Uh, I don't even know the name of it. Uh, I know the I don't know the full title because it's Kendrick Lamar and the Mr. Morale. What is it? Mr. Morale and the Big. Uh, let me find it. Uh, just, Mr. Morale. Just just look for it. It's a good one. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, it's a mm. double. It's a double album. If you buy the vinyl, it's double that's double vinyl. Great, that's a great band name. It is. It's a, it's a great, uh, check it out. Uh, a lot of, you know, maturity, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar is always, uh, you know, he's, he's always on the, he's very serious, uh, very thinking about some, he's always thinking about issues and, and that, that always comes through, uh, in his stuff. Uh, but, uh, the, the, my dis- biggest discovery, uh, that I shared with John this year was a, was a vocalist who's been around for about two, I want to say 12 years now. Uh, Guatemalan singer by the name of uh, Gabby Moreno and uh, I just fell in love with this woman's voice and she's been around she's recorded with everybody and it was somehow I just missed her she's in all these circles that 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 I that I travel in musically and somehow never I did come across her a few years ago it turns out uh, she did a she did a, a real a version of a really old me- classic Mexican song with one of my favorite bands Ozo Motley <laughs> But Ozo Motley, the last few years, have just been doing, like, reggae. And uh, a little of that goes a long way for me. So they did a reggae version of this song with her. And uh, I didn't particularly like the way, what they did with the song, so I never went back and looked. And I should have really, you know, I, I missed out. But uh, Gabby Moreno is her name, and she is fantastic. And uh, she actually put out an album this year that's uh, Grammy-nominated called uh, Allegorias, which means allegories in English. It's English and Spanish. And uh, if you listen to any of her albums, they are a, uh, uh, they're always, um, it's a musical journey. There's a lot of different stuff. She does some good stuff with, uh, her production is always really, really good, even on her early albums. Um, Does a lot of stuff with like, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it, John, when you sing with yourself? Like Les Paul and Mary Ford, what is oh, that called? Oh, double double tracking. Yeah, she does a lot of double tracking on her own. She has a beautiful voice. Um, all of her albums are great. This one, Allegorias, is up for a, a Latin, I think, best uh, Latin rock or alternative album. Um, I think she's up for that this year. But uh, she's won once already. This album's great. There's a song called "Till Waking Light," which is about a family, uh, uh, an, an immigrant family trying to make the crossing in the middle of the night. And uh, boy, her voice on that thing is just amazing. And um, yeah, English and Spanish. She sings blues. She sings all kinds of different. Um, uh, she's just got incredible range. She can really belt it out, and then she can sing very softly, almost like a lullaby. Lullaby. And uh, this album, like her other albums, just has a is a mix of different types of songs on there. This one's really really good. Um, she's doing some like folk stuff. She's doing rock. She's doing blues she's doing uh you know almost operatic stuff so 
Uh, yeah, check that one out. You, you send me a couple clips. That she does a great blues. You know, she right. has a wonderful voice voice for blues. Yeah, yeah. She, All that stuff you sent me just made me go down the down the rabbit hole looking for more clips of her playing live. She's touring with Los Lobos, and uh, right now, right. yeah, they're but wow. they're only they're doing one one they're doing one show in Arizona in March, and I think she's worked with them before. Uh, but boy, the, what a great show! I wish I could. I was closer to Arizona. I would go to that show. Uh, well, it's funny because yeah, why not LA? You're looking; it doesn't look like there's any LA shows coming up, right? And she's she's LA based, uh, but uh, yeah, she you can find her videos all over the place. But check out the album Alagorias. It's uh, it came out this year, and um, and uh, I loved it. And then also, there's another album I'm going to tell you guys about. If you want to get romantic with it. Hmm. Um, okay, and you and you don't mind your singing in Spanish. Let me think. Think this album came out this year. Uh, let me find it here. Give me one second. I thought I had this queued up. I'm so sorry, you guys. But yeah, check out. Uh, yeah, John, you really dug. Uh, I was really happy that you dug that stuff because I was sending you stuff in Spanish. Yeah. I was sending you stuff in Spanish. I'm going. Gosh, I hope he. Um... Hey, good is good, you know. And that first clip you sent, it was just like wow, you know, it was just so soulful. And so bluesy. So I started looking for clips of her. You sent me a couple yeah. clips. So I, I started looking and I just found this like mother load of all these videos and live appearances yeah, like and her her singing with like, like with like Jackson Brown and, and uh she's really she's really uh worked with everybody. And uh, she really has. And um uh another Mexican uh, this is the singer from Mexico, Natalia La Forcade. Um she was a pop singer in Mexico and uh, kind of like a, not unlike a, not unlike a uh, Britney Spears, maybe. I don't know. Probably better. Or a Selena. Uh, or Shakira. But her last few albums, she's really gone into like more, she's going through her Linda Ronsat phase and discovering her. <laughs> she's going to singing all these really great um, uh, classic Mexican songs. But uh, uh, she has an album out this year called uh, The Todas Las Flores. Um, and it is really super. If you want to set the mood, you want to have like a nice little, uh, uh, she's always good. Natalia La Forcada, The Todas Las Flores. That's another great album that came out this year, both in Spanish. So, you know, uh, broaden those horizons, guys. But yeah, Kendrick Lamar, if you're, if it's in English, uh, that's up there for me. And then uh, 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 I'm going to say uh, Gabby Moreno, Alagorias is probably my. There you go. Try those two. How about that? Anything else, guys? Did you read anything good this year? Any John's always on the reading. Did you guys read any good books? 2022? There's really... that uh, directed by James Burroughs is good. That's, uh, you know, he did Cheers and Taxi and. Uh, uh, Will and Grace and all the way back to Mary Tyler Moore show. That's just full of great stories of all the shows he's been, he's directed. He went on the, he went on the podcast. Shit, what's that podcast I listened to? The Superiority Complex? <laughs> no, fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. The one with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. Oh, Will and Grace. I'll, I'll look. No, the podcast, John. The podcast. Oh, the podcast. Oh, I don't know what that is. Do they have a uh, podcast? Yeah, it's annoying. No, it's not. It's no, Smartless. It's, what is it called? What's it called? Smartless. Uh, oh. He was on with Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, and Jason Bateman. So it was really nice oh, wow. to hear. Go cool. talk to him. And I'm sure they're all. That. I'm sure they're all fans of his. I'm sure they're all huge fans. Well, they work. It, with them. 
Yeah. Well, it's like uh, he's one of these guys where if he was if he's directing, then you know you got a shot because he knows it backward and forward. You know. Right. He's one of the few TV directors people know. Right. Yeah. It's not too often that you recognize a name from TV uh, as far as directing goes. I'll tell you who I always recognize because of his name is Ken Quapis. <laughs> You're right. He does a lot of, uh, he did a lot of like uh Kirby enthusiasm, did a lot of Larry Sanders yeah. shows. He's always doing like comedy stuff. He always turns up and like knows how to do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what his yeah. name, I don't, I don't know what his look his name what he looks like, but I always see his name and I'm like, it's gonna be a good episode. I always know. Yeah, Greg Daniels is a popular one. Oh yeah, that's another one. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. sure. You start making you start making the connection. Yeah, when you see a good episode, you start making the connection, especially in reruns, you know. That's oh, what, that guy. These are these are usually pretty good. That's when I knew Ken uh Quentin Tarantino was a like a real film lover, was he had a list one time of his favorite TV directors. He, oh wow! Yeah, he knew all these guys that work yeah. backward and forward. That's hardcore. You know, that's hardcore. Yeah, because those guys yeah. are those guys are journeymen. You know, those guys just go for it's, what. It's a thankless job, but you start recognizing those too, like Jack Arnold. You know, sure directed movies and TV, and you start seeing his name on everything. You know, or right. the guys that started in TV, like Sam Peckinpah, sure started off directing like uh, Rifleman. You know, and Robert Altman started off directing Bonanza. So those guys. Sometimes you graduate to the movies. You know? Sure, sure. Jake, what, what about you, buddy? Did you read anything good this year? Uh, I didn't do much reading this year. You cretin. I know. I don't read much in general, and then just yeah, no, not really. Just too much pentatonics, man. You got too you much pentatonics, man. Have time for this. Too many, too many, too many great video games that are out and about. Right, right. Read. Who wants to read when I can play the story? We're going to talk about video games in a second. Justine, did you read anything uh, interesting this year? Uh, was this the year I, Patrick, was this the year I started reading classics? No. Um, that was five years ago, Justine. You never yeah, finished. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it was recent and I hated you're, it. You're still in chapter one of Are You My Mother? And uh, <laughs> you'll never know if that steam shovel is his, the bird's mother. You will never know. I want to, I want to eventually get to, um, what's the one with the cities? Tale of Two Cities? Tale of Two Cities. Oh, it's a great book. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's a shit book. No, it's not. Hey, who said that? Who just said I that? I do not like Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> you don't like Sidney Carton? Nope. What's the matter with you? I don't like Tale of Two Cities. Why not? Why? Oh, I'll bet why, you the I'll you bet not? you if the Muppets did a version of it, you'd be like, "Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever." <laughs> <laughs> the Muppets did do a version of it. Mm-hmm. They had they had uh, Gonzo playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gonzo starts it. It was the best it was of times. It was, it was the, the worst, worst of time. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. The time of darkness and enlightenment. Why do you hate it, Patrick? It is a far, far better thing I do than I have ever done before. I find it dry. That's you know, what it's she funny. said. Reading that book now, you can't help but hear uh, Ronald Coleman. <laughs> basically, you can't read the book without hearing Ronald Coleman's voice. Which or, is who can Sam? Which is basically Don Adams. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, Don Adams introduced an entire generation to Ronald Coleman and William Powell. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, so, Justine, what what classic were you reading? What did you start? Uh, the worst one was um, Animal House. 
You mean Animal Farm? Farm. Farm. I fucking hated it. Why? It's just a frustrating book to read. Like It's it's not meant to make you feel good. I hope you realize that. That book is meant to disturb you, upset you. It just upset me, and I felt like I wasted my time. How do you think the Russians felt? (laughs) (laughs) No, you may not share your beats with me. (laughs) I will work harder. Why don't you just listen to the Kinks Animal Farm instead? I, I don't want to have anything to do with any more Animal Farm books. Mm. Okay. You should read uh, read Lord of the Flies instead. That's, I've read that before. That's much more your speed. Read something that will make you feel good, like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Read something. <laughs> Cormac McCarthy's The Road. That's right. Mm-hmm. That'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel real good. Do they make you mad? Do they make you mean mad? Uh, Invisible Man, that'll make you feel real, real good. Or, well, read the Harlan Ellison Invisible Man. That'll make you feel good. No, the Aldous Huxley one. Um, Man. All right. Uh, John, did you... Well, uh, Patrick, I'm sorry. I already asked John. Uh, Patrick, did you read anything interesting this year? I didn't get to do much reading this year, and I'm just realizing that as we sit down and talk about it. It's kind of making me mad. Right. You're Uh, usually a pretty avid reader. I... I realized I did not make much time for it this year, and that's kind of... You've been reading. It's just not a real book, but you are Whoa. always on your phone reading. It's not the same. Like I haven't, been, I haven't read a real book in like the last six months, and that's actually... I'm thinking about it right now, and it's... it's, it's Patrick, uh, it's the great thing about a book is you can remedy that right after we... we oh, yeah, after we I, end I the show, actually do that. Pick up and read a book. Uh, I didn't read any new stuff this year. I don't think I read anything that came out this year, uh, but I did read... Um, uh, I, f- I discovered a great author, Becky Chambers, who I love, and I'm reading her series. Uh, the, it's the Wayfarer series. And the first book in that uh, is uh, this, the, the Long Journey to a Small Angry Planet, um, which was great. And then uh, the second book was called A Closed and Common Orbit. And so all of these books take place in the same universe, but they're, it, they're tangentially related to one another. So you don't necessarily have to read the first book to know what the second book is about. Though There's references to the first book, but I really loved that second book, uh, Close in Common Orbit. And as, as much, if you're a fan of Firefly, you will love the long journey to a small angry planet. Some of it's a little silly, uh, but uh, it's a very positive space opera. Very, very positive. Uh, it's all about relationships. There's really not a lot of pew pew there's not really a true villain uh but Mm. it's just like kind of the misadventures of these of this crew on the ship and that's really really well done the relationships to all the characters are really well thought out and well developed uh you know some of the dialogue again i think this is this is an early work from her uh i think it was written like in 2016 i think it might have been her first novel and um but boy, she really ups it in the in the second in the second novel, A Closing Common Orbit. And I'm reading the third book in the series right now, but I think that was my favorite book. That's probably my favorite book I've read in a long time. A Close in Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. And uh, really, really great. Um just some interesting things to say about, you know, ethics and AI and, and uh all kinds of stuff, but done in a way that's very fun and very, very accessible. She's not a, it's, it's not a, com- there's some complicated stuff in the books, but there's, she doesn't get bogged down in explaining things. It's all done on a very human level. And again, mm. it's like always relentlessly positive, which I loved. 
sometimes you get into the sci-fi and it gets very dystopian, can get very dark, can get very heavy. Um, she keeps it very light. And so uh, if, you, cool. if you're looking for some sci-fi that's kind of uplifting, um, I would recommend. And my wife read uh, a, a book called A Prayer for the Wild Built, and she loved it. That's another book by Becky Chambers. And there's a second book. I forgot what it's called. And that's a, uh, that's a, that's a two- it's a two book series about these robots that, that they're living on a planet where basically, you know, the AI has become self-aware and these two rob- robots are just like, screw it. We're leaving robot society and we're going to go live in the woods. <laughs> you know? And cool. uh, my I wife really loved world. it. She really <laughs> loved it. So uh, I think, Oh no, is it a Psalm for the wild built? I think is what it's called. But Becky Chambers, check her out. She's great. Really great. Really, really great. And I think her mom was like, a, her mom was like a science teacher and she, her mom and dad were both like science teachers, I think, or they had some background in science and they would just give her all this background when she was a kid and she started writing these stories. So really, really cool. Yeah. Check it out. Did you turn, did you turn Nicole onto her or did, did Nicole turn you Nicole onto? had already read, we, we found her independently. I told Nicole about the book and she said, oh yeah, I've read this other book by her. It was great. Uh, so yeah. We just kind of found her uh, independently of one another, but yeah, I highly That's recommend cool. it. She's probably, it's fun, fun books, very light reads. Um, but like I said, if you just want to spend some time with good characters and be kind of not not be bogged down in some really sad stuff, it's uh, you know, good stuff. Right on. All right, uh, video games, guys. Video games. What did you guys play this year that you really dug? Which turn do you got? <laughs> No, just tell us what it what, which what, what you liked what you played that you liked. Um, I've been into I've been in survival kick. So there's a there's like a top down survival one called Zero Sievert. I've been playing, and then I've recently got into a it's a mod of an old series called Stalker called uh, Stalker Anomaly, which is like a more open world version of those games. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I like it. I like it, Justine. You don't. You haven't played anything, have you? You haven't played anything. It takes two. Oh, that's on the Xbox. Uh, it's everywhere. on Xbox Three Sixty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the game, yeah. and you got It takes two people to to uh, to survive. Mm-hmm. It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make thing go right. It takes. You don't like that? What? Wow. Wait a minute. Hold. There's a bunch of songs I would rather listen or that I think is worse than um, Baby Shark. You think you think it takes two <laughs> by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock is worse than Baby Shark? Yes. You're wrong. That is one of the greatest hip hop songs of all Just time. Wrong. 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 You put that on today. You put that on right now. Nope. Nope. You put that on right now. You'll get everybody out on the dance floor. Everybody runs out on the dance floor for that song. Okay, stands the test of time. Nope. Yep, I agree. For the that's on my personal Voyager album. That's going on the record. <laughs> that's great. Yep, that's a bold statement. Yep, that would go on there. It's huh? going on there. Yep, I'll put it out there. I'll say it right now. It takes you to make a thing go right. If you agree with me, let us know on the Twitter at Soup Complexes. So you become what's going on your Voyager disc. What's going on? Your um, oh, you know, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, all uh, all day and all of the night by the Kinks, and it's uh, you know, sabotage by the Beastie Boys, and it's uh, sabotage. You know, sabotage. Come on, it's uh, you know, 
money. That's what I want by Barrett Strong. And it's, uh, you know, come on, you know. These are, these are, it's a Oogum Boogum song by Brenton Wood. You know, all the classics. Boogum, 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 boogum now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not do it like a Muppet. Boogum, boogum, boogum. That's exactly how he sings That's it. a very Muppety version, John. That's a very, very Muppety boogum, version. Boogum, boogum, boogum. Patrick, boogum, boogum, what are you playing? Uh, if we're talking about the entire year, uh, probably the game that took up most of my time was uh, Elden Ring. Man, I tried to get I, into it. I couldn't. I, normally, that type of game, as far as being like a, a FromSoft game where you are constantly dying and losing all your progress when you die is fucking frustrating as shit for me. Like Dark Souls, uh, all those fun ones I normally avoid. But this one just it hit the sweet spot for me and I still thoroughly enjoy it. And I enjoy some of the frustration uh, as well as... It, just continuing to try and try and try. It's the most palatable for the from software yeah. from software games because it is open world and you can go out and explore and you know wait till you get stronger and then you can make a boss that you were smashing your head against a wall on uh, mm-hmm. much easier without it without you feeling like you're having to grind. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little grindy, but at the same time it's it's worth it. Uh, and it's got so many different play styles and options that you can do that it's just like it's a replayable game. You can you can speed run it if you have enough uh, knowledge. It's it's fun. I, I'm surprised I, I, I fell in love with it as much as I did. Uh, yeah, I had a really hard time. It's you know, fantasy games are not my thing. Mm. Uh, I've learned uh, I although I did um, pick up Breath of the Wild earlier in the year. And I had not, I started it, never finished it. And I really got into it in the start of the year and I loved it. Um, I still haven't finished it, but I loved it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, um, I really tried with Elden Ring and I just couldn't get into it. I, I could not, I could not get into it. You know, once you get into the, it's all those menus and all the weapon systems and all that. I'm just like, just give me something. It's, I, got, a, yeah, it's got a learning curve. But yeah. I mean, when you figure it out, you're golden. It's just, yeah, I'm too it dumb. It takes a bit to figure out what works and what doesn't. I'm too dumb. I'm too dumb. I'm going to say it right now. I'm dumb. When, when you get past a certain age, you know, complicated things get more and more. Wow. Frustrating. Wow. I am so sorry, Mario. <laughs> if you need to eject him from the show, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because it's understandable. It does. It's fine. You, you know, it's fine. It, it's okay. You, you know, there, there is one person who doesn't mind my age, and that's Jake's mom. So it's okay, but uh, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? How's your mom? Hey, say hi to your mom for me. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I'll tell you one. I don't know if I have a favorite game that came out this year that I've played because uh, I haven't been keeping track because I play so much on the damn um, uh, Xbox, the, the, the Game Pass. I don't know when stuff comes out. But I'll tell you what has not been great is uh, Call of Duty, uh, the new Warzone was. Uh, oh yeah, fuck the, the new Warzone is awful. It is awful. But I'll tell you what, I played Modern Warfare too, and I'll tell you what, the multiplayer on that is fun. It's not great, but it is fun. It is fun to just run around and blow stuff up. But the wars of the new Warzone, Warzone 2.0, sucks. It is terrible. It's just, it's buggy AF, first of all. Everybody's hiding in a window. Everybody's hiding in a window. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, 
they did some things I think that kind of balanced the game out. They put better ground loot out, but the the map is so vast and there's just so many. There's just it's hard to get a, a grip on the on the map. Is the uh, map bigger? It's huge. It's massive, massive. But yet somehow less. You know, there's less cover than like when you're in Verdansk. There's less forest area. There's less places to hide. So you're you are you are prone to a lot of uh, sniper deaths. Um, oh yeah, Almazar is a shithole, bro. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. You, players that I'm playing with who are who excel at Warzone are just not having a good time either. So I'm like, yeah. well, now I know I'm out. If they're not the having a good time, definitely like the better of the two right now. Yeah, I, I play the play the multiplayer though. The multiplayer is fun. They just brought back mm-hmm. shipment. So oh, yeah. just, during the holidays, I ran that for like three days. Oh my god, I grinded up so many guns so it's a quickly. Great way to level up your weapons. Yep. God, shipment's so fucking annoying. Though. No, it's, it's so not. Small. Listen, oh, no, because you go in there knowing you're going to get about chaos. 60, 70 kills, and you're going to die about thirty times. That's right. just the way it works. Here's the thing. Here's here's my rule of thumb you're for with your gun facing someone's head. Here's yeah. my here's my rule of thumb for shipment. If you die. With your grenades on your body, you are doing it wrong. Oh, you always second spawn and toss those grenades yeah. on the corner. You'll get one or you'll two get, free kills. You'll probably get at least one kill. And throw your decoy grenade so you're getting you're getting uh, XP. Yeah, because it's such yeah, a small amount. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you shipment. You have to go in the mindset. It's different than regular Call of Duty. You're not going there to win. You're going there to get kills. And that's right. You're, you're going there to. You're going to grind up some weapons. You're going to die a lot. It's a great. A honestly, we use it as a warm up. Like before we go into any regular multiplayer matches, right? Like oh, yeah. DMZ. Oh, yeah, yeah. We use shipment as warm up. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, warm yourself up. Mm-hmm. Get yourself ready, and then, uh, then, then that's how you go. Uh, okay, guys. I think that's it. Uh, oh, if you have any, uh, you guys didn't play a lot of board games. Uh, I will tell you one board game. I'm going to recommend it. We came out right at Christmas. I got it for my wife at Christmas. Came out the end of the year. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, we're going to play it. It's called Boop. 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 And it's basically you have a little quilt. It's you have these little kitty. You have these little kittens, and you boop each other every time you put a kitten down on the quilt. If there's a kitten next to you, you boop him. He moves like you know, move diagonally. You move, you move him one space. Your goal is to try to get three of those little kittens in a row. If you get three in a row, then you get a cat. Then the cats boop. The kittens can't boop the cats, but the cats can boop the kittens. And the goal to win is you get three cats on the board in a row, diagonally or diagonally, whatever you want. And so it is fantastic. It's a fun little strategy game from the guys who made a game called. Shoku that you play with rocks. It's the same concept, but it's on this great little the board, the box you flip over, you lay this quilt on it. It's a nice little soft quilt. The quilt has a grid pattern on it, and that's what you do. You just boop cats. It is so much fun. It takes about a minute to learn, and there's an infinite strategy to it. It's fantastic. So that's my that's my recommendation for the game. I do have something board game related. What do you got, buddy? Uh I found a new passion this year. Um I am. Uh, this was my first year running a DMD game for my friends. Right. Being a dungeons master, and I fell in love with it, and it is a thorough uh, joy of my week every uh, Tuesday night. She's doing great. I fell in love with it. It's great. it's a lot of fun being able to torture your friends, create a world for them to enjoy and explore, and watch them cry and fall in love with your nonsensical NPCs you make for everybody. It's great. 
Justine, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this? Because you know, as a board gamer, one of my I have beef with the Dungeons and Dragons players. You have beef with the Magic kids, okay? No, I have oh, beef with the D and D kids. It's no, I have that. beef with the D and D kids who show up and take up a table when we need <laughs> gaming space when they could be doing that in their kitchen. Do it in your kitchen. You don't need to come to the game shop. Online, everything is done through the computers. Thank so God. Do yeah. Thank God. Uh, RPG's not my thing, but I'm glad you found RPG's not my thing, but I'm glad you found some joy in the world. That's fantastic. I, I, we need yeah. you need to find something that brings you joy, Patrick. It, I mean, it does make me. If you want to know who the dog loves more? You'll find out. Yeah. Whoa. Justine, what do you do when he's running this game? What you? This must be great for you because it's like a Tuesday, Tuesday night off. I take care of the dogs. Well, that's yeah, not fair. That, she means she gets to hang out and do whatever she wants while the dogs sit near her. Oh, I play catch. This is why the dogs love me. Yep, they love you. Mm-hmm. They love you. Everybody so loves you, Justine. You're America's sweetheart. And we love Patrick. So All right, that was a, a that was our 2020 review. That would agree. All I review. do is uh, keep bacon in my pocket, and then I'm America's sweetheart. That's it, man. Whoa. You'll you'll get my vote. <laughs> Oh, yeah. in the pocket. Right. In the Let's take a break because we've been doing this for like two hours and then we'll be right back. We're going to talk about uh, Bottle Rocket. Oh, I got to go potty. Okay, yeah. Let's take a break. Justine has to get off that ladder. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages, guys. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, your new favorite complex, your, your new favorite podcast. We're back from break, guys. We're, we're back. Uh, had a nice break, lovely break. We talked a long time. You know, uh, I got a couple phone calls in the middle of the show, and somebody asked me, how's the show going? And I said, and during break, I said, oh, it's very nice. Today, we're just meandering. I'm just enjoying having everyone back, so we're not really in a rush. So if you're kind of bored or whatever, you know, or you feel like we're just, oh, they're really not rushing. You know, we're just enjoying everybody. We're enjoying having each other back and I, I love it. Aww. I personally am happy you to miss have us. Of course we missed you guys. Of course. Uh today's unofficial sponsor, Yeti. Uh Yeti, uh you know them from uh their 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 incredibly well constructed uh, uh mugs, coffee mugs and and, 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 and tumblers. Uh this Which of course Justine gave us all one. This of course is the the one that Justine gave us for Christmas last year. It says superior superiority complex and it has our old logo on the back. Uh, you know, Justine was wise enough not to use the the beautiful logo that Patrick did, which has my fucking fat face on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but uh, this one is our old logo, and it's a superior to complex. And this is a great. I you Justine, have to I, pretend you love it. <laughs> I am not kidding, Justine. I use this thing all the time. I think it to work with me. Um, me, too. me too. I I love it. So this is probably nice. Well. Handle. I mine has a handle on it. It's almost like we should have merch. Justine, I want to tell you something. You've got a handle on it because this is a great gift from, and of course, Yeti. (laughs) It keeps your hot, hot, and your cold, cold. Hot side, hot, cold side, cold. Yeti have coolers first, though, before they had all those other things? You know, I'm I'm embarrassed to say this because they are an unofficial sponsor, but I do not know the entire history of the the Yeti story. But I do know that these mugs are durable. (laughs) Uh, th- this keeps my water nice and cold. I don't put anything else in it. I know a lot of people like to use other their their th- they'll mix their mugs and you. Oh, I use my mug for this. Uh, this pure water. 
This is it. That's I just want to. I only put water in there. That's it. I only put water in there. It's delicious. Holds a lot. Is made exclusively for coffee. And what I love about this this model, you guys know because you've put this in your, in, you've already washed it. The little the little slider here is magnetic. So mm-hmm. magnetic just lifts right Easy off. To Easy to clean. Easy to clean. Makes clean. No Yeti for all of your hot and cold beverage needs. A friend of mine uh, saw a picture of us holding the Yetis. And she she told us a story. She told me a story. So uh, they live in a, they live in a, I don't, I'm not going to mention any names, but a friend of hers lives in a very snowy state and uh, they got stuck on the interstate. They got stuck on the interstate. So, you know, the plows come out, they got to wait for them. Just like here in the, where, uh, the grapevine, you know, you got to wait for the snow plows. To come. So this, this person, uh, the friend of the friend of the friend, uh, ensconced themselves in the back of, uh, of the car uh, cuddled up with a book and just waited it. They were going to wait the wait it out, wait till the you know sermon. Then everybody will, in a, in, a, in, a, in an hour or two, they'll come and get us and they'll 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 let us know that it's time to start up our cars and we can go. Well, what happens when you're sitting uh, in in a in a car for any length of time after a little while? Just like when we do the podcast, you get that call. Mother Nature calls. Nature calls, and you've got to you got to figure out what you want to do. Well. Uh, this person having uh, very few alternatives and not being able to just run out on onto the side of the road, uh, used the only thing they had in the vehicle to uh, relieve themselves, and that was a Yeti mug. <laughs> female, female. Wow. Good aim. Luke Skywalker. I would have peed out the window if I could. <laughs> Well, you can't because there's cars next to you. You're on the you're on the highway. You're on the you're on the interstate. You're on the freeway. Yeah, you'd be. Everyone knows the circumstances. Yeah, well, they get to enjoy the view. Good for them. them. <laughs> some girl's little butt came out and she just squatted and pee. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I understand. You, you... I would get up and cover her area. I'd be like, there, guys. There you go. Right. There you well, go. No, this person was alone. This person was alone. Uh-huh. You're, you're okay. traveling alone. So, you know, and you're embarrassed, obviously. We've all been just, in that situation. But open the door crack. But uh, what, what I'm trying to figure out is if we can get don't Yeti. Let the heat out, Jake. If don't we, let the heat out. If we can get Yeti to somehow uh, send this person a mug since they sacrificed a good mug. I don't think I'd be able to. <laughs> I don't no think I'd. Washing, no amount of washing. No amount of washing. in a plastic bag and you use that for warmth. What if she didn't have the plastic bag? I don't know. Yeah, what Ziploc baggie. This was literally the only thing they had to, to, to use. Yeti. Yeti, not it, it's not it, he, it, I wonder if he kept the pee warm for 24 hours. That's oh, it it's just like Yeti and he's like, Don't don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. In uh the in Monsters Inc. Snow, the adorable snowman. Yeah. Yeti keeping piss warm for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, I'm trying to see if we can get uh, Yeti to send this person a mug. So if you know anybody at the Yeti Corp. Uh, first of all, great, great product. We love it. We believe in it. Uh, we've been using our, we've been using our mugs for a year and, uh, it keeps my, keeps my water ice cold. Uh, keeps my pee, uh, nice and warm. Listen, but, uh, yeah, what I would not want to pee in my Yeti mug, that would ruin it for me. It's easier for, it's easier for guys to. There's a mug for water and there's a mug, yeah. It's easier for guys to use an empty plastic water bottle and you're good. You're golden. Mm -hmm. Girls can use a Gatorade bottle. That takes some. That's you, but you guys have to be like bombardiers, like in World War Two. You're looking down the site, like no, 
You know what I mean? You can't just you don't you don't just spray and pray like dudes. We're just like yeah, just pray and pray. <laughs> you know, pray and pray. You gotta be you gotta you guys have like precision bombing. You know, like the, the like the German Garrett, ball bearing factories. Garrett has, Garrett has like a huge opening. Who's Garrett? Oh, Gatorade. Was all, who's now the show takes a, a left turn. Right. <laughs> the show is brought to you by Yeti and Gatorade. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, where's the, where's the worst, where's the worst, let me ask you this, where's, where's, this reminds me of a question, where's the worst place you've ever had a bathroom emergency? I don't want details, I just want to know the place. Where is the worst place you've ever had? Oh, I know, just Taco Bell. Yeah. Inside of Taco Bell? So it was instantaneous results, like the second it touched your lips, your stomach's like, why are you doing this to me? I'll show you. Bell food, right, Patrick? It wasn't. No, it wasn't Taco Bell food, but we were oh, in the Bell car food. on the way up north. <laughs> it's always traveling. It's always traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Ugh. you want to get the quick food. You don't want to stop and have a great food. And this is what happened. So what food betrayed you? What was it that betrayed you? Mm. Is it the crunch trap? Was it a was it a burrito? Uh, I would say if, if it upset my stomach, maybe McDonald's. Oh yeah, you. I never I, McDonald's is what you eat when there's absolutely nothing else available. <laughs> Pretty much. The but I would think it had to be a breakfast. So I'm assuming McDonald's because although McDonald's, McDonald's does have good breakfast, I'm not gonna lie. McDonald's were so greasy. Greasy, oh. very greasy, very that greasy. Greasy. Just like cleans me. <laughs> oh well, it's all oil. It's all oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Jake. How about you? Where's your worst? Where where where'd your worst bathroom emergency take place? Um. Oh God. I don't need the I don't, details. I don't, I don't remember. I'm usually I'm usually pretty good at holding my bowel movements. So you know. it doesn't have to be poop. <laughs> fine. It's fine. It's right. good. Patrick, although, you, my, I'm although sure. my uncle had an issue on the highway, so that was uh, fine. I, nothing springs to mind, thankfully. John, I mean, I, it, we've all had stomach problems. At work, work is the worst place to have them. Mm-hmm. Like when it hits you at work, and you're just like, "Oh God!" Like you got this. the sweats. Yeah, you got the sweats. You got the the gurgles, the, the brow sweat. It's awful. That's why you use the poopery. Yeah, I, I another another gift from Justine. Yeah, <laughs> I care. There's a bottle in my car. It's just the essentials, guys. Well, yeah. Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium, I got so (laughs) sick. I was sick. I already wasn't feeling well. And I went to the Dodger game anyway. And it was the pavilions. It was the pavilion bathrooms back when they still had that food. Back when they still had the trough. And then it was still, (laughs) it was hot. It was hot. They weren't remodeled. They were like the original bathrooms were like from like 1960, you know, when the the stadium first opened in 62. And uh, yeah, it was awful. And I, I went down there like in the second inning. I did not reemerge till almost the. I think it was the eighth inning when I reemerged. Uh, it was awful. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. Uh, and everyone said, "What did you do? Fall in?" Yeah, and then a bunch of people just drunk. And where did you get the handle? I've sent this to you already. Send me that. Send me that link, would you? <laughs> After I bought this mug, I bought this handle, and you were like, "Where'd you get that from?" And I sent it to you. I obviously didn't follow up. Gosh, you're so. She said angry. that through gritted teeth. 
I love it. She's all, I sent it to you. I've done this already. I love that Justine bought herself the red mug. She bought herself. Everybody else's mug is blue. Be like the rest of us. Yeah, that was nice of you. I'm not like everybody else. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not like other girls. I thought I told you. I'm not like other boys. Good stuff. Great. Yeah. So Yeti, thank you, Yeti. Um, We appreciate uh, your sponsorship. Hey, it's time for the Digital Movie Club, guys. It's the first time we've all been back together. Uh, what movies did you miss, Justine? Do you have a list of those movies that you missed? Yeah. Let's see what you. What, um, let's see how far back you you guys how, how far back have you guys gone? Casino. Oh, all the way to Casino, really? Yeah. Whoever finished. Wow. You're lucky. I I saw Goldeneye because Patrick was watching it, and then <laughs> and then Goldeneye. I missed, yeah. I missed the next one after that. It's been a couple months, I guess. Um, Casino. That was. Uh, I watched Escape from LA. I think was the last one, but I didn't. We didn't. We weren't on the show for it. I missed Jackie Chan, and then I don't even know what you guys watched last week. Nobody told me. Last week was Swingers. We yeah, uh, we that. we we just went back and picked it up. We had, we were supposed to watch it the week before. We missed out. Uh, we had to, yeah. we, we took a week Swingers. off. Uh yeah, so swingers. So this week was what's that? I think I'm four movies behind or three movies. Okay, we'll get we'll we'll get you caught up. Uh yeah, yeah this week is Bottle Rocket uh, by Wes Wes Anderson's uh, de- film debut and early efforts by the, the Wilson brothers, Luke and Owen, not playing brothers in the movie. Uh, actually, three Wilson brothers. Yeah, your future man is a brother as well. You can tell he looks just like him. Yeah, Future Man Wilson. Uh, well, I love the name Future Man. Um, let's uh, let's let's. Who's going to do the breakdown? Jake's been doing such a good job, but of course, this is Patrick's uh, wheelhouse. No, so, I've been replaced. It's okay. No, no, no. You okay. have not yeah, been replaced. Jake, Jake, go. Oh, yeah, I was a sub. I was a sub. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's, you know what that is? He's not prepared because Bottle Rocket came out in 1996. On February 21st, directed by Wes Anderson, with a budget of $7 million, got a 6.9 on IMDb and 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. What did it gross worldwide, guys? I'm going to say... You say it cost seven? Seven million to make. Fifteen. I'm going to say it made five million. I think it lost money. I don't think it was a... It was very, very independent movie. Very small. Jake? I'll say I made ten. John, I'll say it broke even. I'll say it, it made what it cost. This movie to make. made five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. This was oh, a massive no. flop. Love it. I wouldn't. I wonder what kind of release it got. It, it probably didn't even uh, hit that many theaters. Uh, it bombed the box office. The only uh, reason. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Fun trivia from this. Apparently, because of the movie bombed so bad, Owen Wilson considered joining the Marines instead of acting. Convinced <laughs> <laughs> that it held no future for him. Well, he had the haircut. Yeah. He, he co wrote it, didn't he? Yes, you know. he did. Yeah. Interesting. This must have been like first thing he ever did. And it's number seven in Martin Scorsese's top 10 favorite films of the 1990s. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I caught this movie. The reason I found out about this movie. Is I was it was actually Siskel and Ebert reviewed it and they loved it and uh, the scene they showed was the scene when they are robbing the meatpacking plant 
and they <laughs> they put the masks on, they pop the smoke late, and they do all that stuff. <laughs> it just looked like this zany comedy. So uh, it, I went, I waited for it. I never saw it come out. Never saw it released. And then um, one day, Nicole and I were trolling the stacks at uh, uh, at Blockbuster, and I saw it, and I go, "Oh, this was the movie." And uh, put it on. Nicole immediately fell asleep. I hated it. Uh, I was like, what is this movie? This is not even, there's nothing going on. This movie's not even funny. I don't even like this movie. Then when my leg was broken in the middle of the night one night, uh, it came on HBO. And it was like one of those things where like, well, I've seen this already, but um, I'll just, I'll just leave it on because I'll probably fall asleep. And for whatever reason, it, I was in the mood, like it just caught me and all the stuff that I didn't think was funny before really just leapt out at me. And I was like, you dummy, how did you miss, <laughs> how did you miss all this, all these? And a lot of what it is, is there are so many lines that are just tossed aside. There are so many lines that are just kind of mumbled or uh, just thrown. Like Why the, um, the tape? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why do you wear that tape on your nose? Exactly. Or there's that scene where like he goes, uh, he goes to his sister and his sister says, uh, his sister's, they're talking about Dignan or whatever. They get, they get back in the car or they're getting in the car. He's trying to get him in the car and he says, uh, my sister thinks I'm a failure. And like Owen Wilson goes, what has she done with her life that's so great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and he's like, I, I can't believe she's gotten so old, cynical. Third grader old. Yeah, he's like a little, like a little, like third grader. He's like, what, what has she yeah. done with her life that's so great? And then in that same scene when they're walking, Robert Maplethorpe, which in itself is a fucking great joke. The guy's name I is. The guy's funny, <laughs> I wonder how many people got that. <laughs> Wait, his name is Robert Maplethorpe. <laughs> and he's driving and he's going, uh, he's like going, I know what you feel, Anthony, because blah, blah, blah. And he's just like venting. And you just hear a car horn and you see Luke Wilson go, oh, that was a stop sign. <laughs> but they draw no attention to it. They're just like <laughs> saying, they, they just throw many, so many little lines that are just thrown out there. Um, another great scene is when he's talking to the, uh, he takes the, the girl to the little town, he takes, what's her name? Uh, I forgot her name. Inez. And they're sitting in front of the bar and the guy comes out and starts speaking to her in Spanish for a conversation that lasts about 20 seconds in low, oh, and low and Luke Wilson's all, <laughs> boy, that guy was a real yeah, chatterbox. Yeah, chatterbox yeah. <laughs> I, that seems great because right behind it, right after right. It, Luke, or Owen's getting his ass kicked while Luke Wilson's just having a conversation. Anthony, I'm going to call my gang. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So this is Wes Anderson's first movie. Uh, the, there are some hints as to what's to come. There is some uh, some symmetrical framing, but it he hasn't quite. Mm -hmm. It's not till his second movie that he really becomes fully formed, Wes Anderson. But you see a lot of the seeds here, a lot of what stuff to come, like when uh, the list. transformation, the lists. You know, there's always these right. <laughs> you see these lists. You know, the five year plan number two. Yeah, right. Uh, this movie really for me. Uh, one of the things that grabs me about this movie, this movie has such a sense of place. And it's like all Wes Anderson movies, it takes place in the real, real world, but it's almost like its own world. Like it doesn't seem like anywhere we know. None of the terrain is familiar. Um, I think he shot it in Dallas, but it doesn't look like a big city. Um, yeah. It's all small town. Like, you know, when they're on that, you know, there's a lot of really, wherever that hotel is, just seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. 
in know, his worlds, it's always very empty. There's not a lot of like people, right? Like just walking around, right? But it's very that's very much what Middle America is. Like you see, open field space. You can go out and not see people for miles. And right, right. That's just the way it is. Right. Yeah, his, his, but you, but Justine's right. You never see like like in you see in a lot of like I, I've been watching. A lot, I always notice the background people like watching. It's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Life. There's just people walking on a on a suburban street or on a, as a on a residential street. There's like ten people go walking back and forth. Yeah. You never get that in a Wes Anderson movie. I that's think, a that's no, a great point. I, you're, she's right because I think it's more of like a play, right? A theater piece where it's it's very much you have your cast and that's it. Yeah. This, out of all of the Wes Anderson movies, feel feels like it takes place in the real world. And even then, he goes out of his way to it's, shoot in places that are kind of desolate. It's still disconnected. Yeah. yeah. I think the most people you see is in that bar scene, and that's it. Right. We're going to go to the town. Just a little He does t- kind of address it where they're like, well, we're in the middle of nowhere. You're like, okay, I guess. Right. But even, <laughs> even, when, he, even when they go back to wherever they live, there's right. never a lot of maybe in the in the country club scene, but there's never a lot of people around. And when no. he leaves the Salem, he's like, he says hi to every single person. Like he knew them. Right. Like, right. 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 Wasn't even a stranger there. Right. I just thought of another great line when he says, uh, "He when they make fun of what he they make fun of the little jumpsuit, and he goes, uh, he goes don't pay attention to that guy. Did you see what he was wearing?'" Yeah, yeah, yeah it was pretty true. cool. <laughs> uh, this is great because you get to see Owen Wilson kind of play against type. He plays a very uptight person here, and uh, and then uh, Luke gets to play a little, someone that not not quite Owen, but someone who's a little less. He's the crazy. He was supposed to be the crazy one, and he's the one that's a little more uh, relaxed. So you do get to get I get to see a a different side of Owen Wilson here, which I which I also like. Um, but, uh, not, had you, none of you had seen this, John, had you seen this before? I had seen it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was it like revisiting this movie? Uh, about the same, you know, a, a lot of those characters are really annoying. I mean, Dignan's great, but he's an annoying character. It's very tough spending an hour and a half with that guy, but it's just so funny because he's so disconnected from reality that Luke Wilson's character almost seems in any other movie, he would have been the one that's kind of out there and flaky. In this mm-hmm. universe, he's the one that has a little bit of sense. Every once in a while, he pulls back and goes, we can't do this. You know? Right. It's like um, he's the only thing that keeps things grounded because everybody else is sort of clueless, you know, and just or just going along with it, you know. Right. Even Bob. Bob Mablethorpe. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you wonder why he's going along with it. These are people that don't have anybody else. They, they keep getting uh, lumped in with each other because they're all they got. But they, all of them just seem disconnected from reality. But uh, compared to Dignan, <laughs> he's completely like in a at another on another planet. Right. Whole movie. You know? Right. And in the it's end, funny it- though, it's, it's like the Big Lebowski. I didn't get the Big Lebowski until I'd seen it like three times. Then, like you said, you start hearing all these little phrases that are just tossed off or muttered under the breath or just you know just throwaway lines and then when you hear them it's just it's they're so out there they just crack you up so this one's definitely worth catching it's just that you know the characters themselves are very annoying you know yeah what, what or i feel like some of the i try to figure out who writes what right he, co- he co-writes it with owen wilson and i feel like right. owen wilson's hands are all over the robbery scene like right. where mm-hmm. where he's going uh 
I think he, he, Owen Wilson's the one who pushed it to be fucking ridiculous. Right. Like where, he, where he's, yeah, where he's going, I lose my touch, man. I lose my touch. He's like, <laughs> did you ever have a touch to lose, man? <laughs> I just love the way he's responding as it all goes south. He's all, what are you doing sitting down? I couldn't help it. I gave up. I couldn't open it. We gotta go back. Where's Applejack? I blew it, man. I blew it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Kumar, I still to this day will go, I will point at somebody and say, Kumar, are you ready? Whenever we have yeah. to. And I expect you to do the thing where you go, <sighs> like you go like that. Like you're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. So, um, yeah, that whole scene is great. That's really, really fun, kind of slapsticky comedy. And what's too. the song they're playing underneath it? Because Wes Anderson's great at framing those those manic moments with a great song. Well, there's 2000 like the, man by the, by the stone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he's running. They're not going to catch me, man. Cause I'm fucking innocent. <laughs> he just takes you know, off. He's running. got a knack. He usually puts a stone song or a kink song. Right. In there. When there's a great chase, this or one, like Iggy pop. Iggy pop you yeah. Know? This one has the proclaimers in it. There's some great songs in here. Uh, he even has yeah. that song mm-hmm. uh, Zorro's Back by uh, Oliver Onions. John, I need you to tell me more about Oliver Onions and uh, Zorro's Back. Oh, I have no idea. I saw that. I don't even know. that. I don't know nothing about Zorro's Back at all. I guess it was a movie. And that's a great song because they're just running around <laughs> blowing up fireworks. And What I noticed was he put in two love songs. So you've got, you know, and, and they fit like a glove. He's got those songs. You know, seven and seven is is perfect, right? And, uh, alone again, or so he really has a knack. He's like Scorsese; he knows just when to work a song in and how to do it. Right, you know? right. And it doesn't matter if it was a hit. Usually, these things are like obscure songs. Like, what was the movie where he did uh, David Bowie songs in Portuguese? Was that? Oh, it was uh, the Life Aquatic. Yeah. So he's got a knack. He knows just what to put in there and make the scene play better. You know. Uh, Justine, had you seen this movie before? No. And uh, I, I, don't, I know sometimes you're hot and cold on Owen Wilson. So uh, what was this? Uh, what was this like watching? What, what was your experience like watching Bottle Rocket? Um, honestly, you could have made this into a Fight Club movie where Owen never existed. <laughs> yeah, that's an idea. When Ooh. I was watching it, I was like, oh. He's crazy. So Owen's not <laughs> right. And the doctor just thinks, "Wow, he's gonna go out through the window because he's." Insane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a of imagination. That's a weird. Think this whole movie is just—he has this friend, this invisible friend, taking him and making him do all these crazy things. Right. But it wow. took him. It took me about twenty minutes to realize. No, he's really there. Yeah, because Bob Maplethorpe <laughs> is interacting with him too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great theory, though, because it's like, is he even there? He's so out of it. <laughs> is he right. even there? From the start, the, when you first see him, he's there with the mirror and he's like shining it. Yeah. How'd yeah. you get to bring up the, what is it? Oh, bring up the, bring up the. Uh, he's like, the, you bribed the yeah. janitor. You bribed the janitor. Yeah. Smart, I love how smart. The just waving like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make it quick. We, this isn't a good look. Make it quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going out the window. That's the most realistic character in the movie. If you think about it, is the doctor. Is the doctor? Yeah. 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 I like that. That is cute with the translation between what's like the guy that helped them translate. Oh, Rocky. Oh, Ro- Rocky. Yeah. He's like, yeah Rocky yeah. told you he loves you. What? 
Who's that? I love when he goes, he goes, I love you. He's like, okay, man. He kind of shakes his head and you're just going, oh no, this message is not going to get to Luke. What's really great is the way he says, what, you know, when he's, when he's communicating, when she says, you know, how are we going to be, um, how are we going to be, you know, are we just going to be like a piece of paper blowing in the wind is what she says. And he goes, you're like trash. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. like, what? He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <People>, what? <laughs> like when you're watching that, you're like, oh, man. I love when he's like, he's like talking about how you guys should really pay attention to the language um, in high school, like you're two years. Oh, when he writes the when he writes oh, his letter to his sister. I learned a foreign language, yeah, because like I'm suffering the consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that line. He's like, he goes, "I'm so tired." At the end of the, at the end of the day, I don't have time to think about blown opportunities and wasted time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like such a great tactic. I, it's like yes. So this movie, I didn't notice when I played the movie. I just straight up played it um i didn't know it was a wes anderson film so watching it i felt like oh this is like a wannabe wes anderson film (laughs) he was technically right yeah right i watched it i'm like this is just so wannabe that like it's so weird because i'm in this world yeah that's just crazy but it felt like as soon as i saw the notebook part i was like whoa i feel like i'm in a wes anderson right but it's not this is just a wannabe one Right. Um, <laughs> at the very end of the film, I'm like, all right, I got to see who directed it and it showed Wes Anderson. Like, what the? <laughs> if I knew that, I probably would have calmed down more in my mind because I just kept comparing it. I'm like, why is this person trying? Right. Trying to be like Wes Anderson. Right. It, it, he was trying to be himself in this one. Yeah. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a but lot of I the stuff you'll see later on. Were, like, some shots were slightly off. So I'm like, all right, there's. Definitely, he's not there. Right. But it's crazy that it only took him one movie to get, like, his style down. Like, you know, by the time we get to Rushmore, which is the next one, it's it, the style's firmly in place. So, right. uh, yeah. But uh, the dialogue is definitely there. A lot of that uh, sharp oh, yeah. Wes Anderson it's dialogue. Yeah. When I read that Owen was the one of the writers, I'm like, oh, yeah. It was catered to him. Right. Served up on a platter for his type of. And you, when you watch, when you watch Luke Wilson in this, you really think, "Wow, this guy could have really had a different career." Uh, you know, yeah. he ended up playing kind of these like he was always the straight man in like you know in the in the other comedies or kind of like a love interest. But I think he would have just. I think he's an interesting actor anyway. I think but even as a love interest, he was always like, "Oh, he's the nice guy." He right. Doesn't... See this? Yeah, you see this character a little bit. He kind of reprises the role a little bit in Royal Tenenbaums. Uh huh. It's it's it, same issue of dealing with interpersonal problems, not finding out where he wants to be in life. Dealing right. With, you know, different, and I think that one dives deeper into this character in the opposite direction than this film went. That's kind of interesting. That's kind of you're kind of right. But one thing I do love about Anthony is that when you see him with Inez, he has a tendency to overblow everything. Like he talks about, like how the guy was a real chatterbox. But it goes both ways. Like when oh, when, yeah. when he's lying in the room and she comes in and she opens the curtain and he goes. Boy, it's really great how you can brighten up a room like that. Like you're just like, dude, she just opened the curtain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I do love that scene. The scene that is very Wes Anderson y is when he comes up out of the pool and he's like front and center and it's asymmetrical. And they they do the reverse and she's standing in the door 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not suggestive at all. She's just wearing, like, her work uniform or whatever. Obviously, like, a beautiful young girl. But they've got that song playing in the background and everything. And it's just like, that's such a great shot. Like, that's such a great Wes Anderson-y shot. Because you know everything that's happening. The music, the look in his face, the fact that she's standing there unaware. All that tells you everything you need to know. And that's like yeah. a, that's a quintessential Wes Anderson shot. Yeah. I feel like this film, if it wasn't shot by Wes Anderson, could have been a really stupid film. Right. Kind of like what you thought of it as. (laughs) Um, I feel like that it could have went that way. But with Wes Anderson in it, it made it a little bit more believable, I guess is the word. Right. How they, why they're like that, but... It could have been played horribly, and this would have sure. Been it, 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 it takes a deft hand to like kind of like John said. Some of these characters are not fun to spend a lot of time with, you know, and yeah. uh, and uh, because uh, any other director probably would have gone on. These characters would have been the the butt of all the jokes, and it would have been cheap shots all the all the way around. Yeah. What he sees is there's some beauty to these guys. They're really you know obtuse and sort of out there, but he's finding the beauty in the situation. Even they made so. their love so cute. Like I loved watching their love, their romance. Yeah, right. Adorable. Uh, fall in love with it, but that was a very believable romance. Like as 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 unlikely as it was, you know, he's just sitting there in the room with her, and she's drying her clothes, and he's just sitting there, and it's like that's how you feel when you're in love with someone at first. It's like, yeah, I'll just I just want to sit here with you. I just want to be next yeah. to you. We're not necessarily <laughs> doing anything, but I'm just gonna sit yeah. here while you do your laundry or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. hey, why don't you come with us, Dignan? Come over with us to the town over here. And, uh, you know, they're going to go to the bar and they're just hanging out. <laughs> he's really fucking cherry bomb. <laughs> he's out there all angry and shit. <laughs> Dignan reminds me of me when uh, when the podcast isn't going the way I want to go. I just want to go out in the fucking field and light fireworks until one of you guys comes and goes, come over here with us, Dignan. Nah, I don't want to go. Dignan. Uh, um, uh Jake, what did you think, man? You had never seen this film. What did you? What was your some of your thoughts? It was alright. It was alright. It's not. I wasn't. I didn't fall in love with the movie. Um, but I did like. Um, uh, was it Dignan that fell in love with Enos? It was. Uh, no, it was uh, uh, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Anthony and uh, Enos's uh, little uh, romance there. I thought was super cute. Yeah, felt really natural. Um. And I didn't catch a, I didn't catch a lot of the the lines that I'd probably have to give this another watch and like really. Yeah, really do pay attention to the dialogue. This is less of a, yeah. of a visual movie than most Wes Anderson movies, and a lot of it relies mm-hmm. on the dialogue. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. like throwaway lines that are really funny. But uh, yeah, give it another watch. I would say. But yeah, um, I the the fucking robbery was just so absurd. <laughs> Just watching that whole situation go down. Good stuff. Just, oh my god, I love throwing that smoke bomb, like, throwing a smoke grenade. He's like, "Why is the fire alarm going off?" I like when he goes, "You're supposed to be in literature." <laughs> um, one of the lines that there's a there's a lot of lines I take from here. One of the lines is always like when when Dignan says, "You're supposed to be at lunch right now," and the guy goes, "Not always." Yes, yeah. always. always. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good line. Yeah, that that robbery. That's the scene I saw on the Siskel and Ebert. That's the clip they played, and I was like, "I got to see this movie. This movie looks, you know, genius." And then when I first saw it, I was like, "The rest of the movie isn't like the robbery." 
but you Not see why you kind of have to build to that because it's a lot of it's character driven. And so mm. there's a reason that the rest of the movie unfolds the way it does. So you can see how all the characters I, respond. I think if I saw this on, uh, if I paid money and went to a theater and saw this, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> this is a movie that, that rewards repeat viewing. This is a movie that yeah. really does. This is like, it became a cult. I'm sure. Right. As people started di- as people started liking Wes Anderson movies, I think this is a movie that people went back to. Right. Yeah. And, uh, right. I see that. Well, if they were, I would like it. If they were what? What's that? If they just went, if they went straight to streaming, I would like it. Oh, okay. Mm. It, does... it makes you wonder. Did you wonder, Mario? I, I bet you they had James Conn for like two days. Yeah. I right. Wonder, I wonder how they got James Conn. I don't know, but he, he... really. He goes along with it. He really go, finds the spirit of it, you know? He does. And he's even in the, you know, what's funny, John, you were talking about how even he's kind of like, he's probably, if you look at it, in the criminal world, he's probably like an outcast, right? He's not like this godfather type that. that um, yeah, he's right. like a he's like an E or Z criminal. He's, he's on the shit tier list. Right. Some basic bitch who does really ridiculous heists and but he, is just dumb as shit. But he has a, a, a business manager named Rowboat who does karate in his in his tidy whities Yeah. So that is. What's uh, funny is because you find yourself before they get to the finale, you're going, why does this guy, if this guy is like a master thief, why is he? hanging out with these guys and why is he humoring them? Why is he kind of like, why does he care about these kids? Right. You realize he's playing the long game. It's like, all right, the rich kid has got a whole house full of stuff. Right. It's like, I do love the scene though, where he, where he says, uh, where he, 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 uh, messes with future man and he gets him in the arm lock and he goes, look, he's like, one day you're going to realize you don't have a brother. You know, and I thought that was always great that he kind of stuck up for him, you know, yeah. he kind of, even even though he was going to rob the guy, he stuck up for him for like a half a second. It's probably yeah. the only time anyone's ever, ever stuck up for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He sized him up real quick. This guy's a douchebag. You know? Right. Right. And uh, and I love that he, you know, just throws Kumar and uh, Applejack out there just to like, uh, they're, they're probably <laughs> yeah. like, he probably uses them on every heist as like stooges, you know, right. <laughs> you can tell right. they're just in there. He's not there for, they're not there for the actual robbery. Yeah. He's there to, they're the distractions, you know. All right. Kumar uh, and uh, Applejack. And of course, as in every West Anderson, everybody has a great name. Right. Mm-hmm. This is my future man and my business manager, Rowboat, and... Uh, Dignan's a great name. So, Patrick, what? What's his name? Gigan? Dignan. 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 It's almost almost impronounceable. (laughs) Patrick, what did you think? Uh, I was apparently the only one who enjoyed this movie from the start. Uh, I kind of fell in love with this film right away. Uh, It definitely feels like a Wes Anderson early. You can see all of his kind of touches where he heads and you can see his filmography style. Um, well, if you think of Wes Anderson's career as a as a as a TV series, this is the pilot. You know, when yeah, you go back and you watch a pilot, and it's like, oh, I, some of the things are there. The same character, right? Too, like mm-hmm. kind of shown through. Uh, Digman was my favorite favorite character from the get go. The fact that he was ridiculous enough to try and break his friend out of a mental institution on the day he was getting released, <laughs> like only the best people do that. It's only the people who enjoy life and try to have fun in every moment do that. So it was. Right. It was. I I was pleasantly surprised. It's. It's got just the right amount of ridiculousness to it uh, that I had a lot of fun. Like, there's, I get it. It's not 
a perfect movie. It's not like his best work, but it has some really nice nods and some really nice, nice touches that you can see his style show through and where he was headed. Right. You know, it's funny, Patrick, because after I, that initial dislike I had of it, once I watched it that time and loved it, I, for a long time, this was my go-to like comfort movie. Like if there was nothing else on and I just wanted to have something on that I it's knew it, backward and forward. Yeah, it, it, it is, but it's I'll, also touching in a way that, you know, that, that scene at the end where they, where you see Dignan and, and they're leaving him and he's still in the jail. Um, yeah. And there's like this. There's oh, like, the fact that he, he, and that moment for me was huge because it's like, he knows everything that just happened to him. He knows what was going to happen. He was, he knew that it's bullshit. He knew that there's no way he was going to be successful in that heist. Right. And well, he's okay with it because that's who he is. Yeah, and he'll be. You you get the idea that even though he's in jail, he's gonna he'll be okay. He's gonna get out oh, and yeah. be okay. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. But there is that sadness when they walk away from him, and he's you know he's still there, and Bob and 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 of course you know Dignan, the good friend. Dignan, <laughs> let's not forget, rats nobody out. Anthony's still no, free. Yeah. You know everybody's still free. Every, Bob's still free. You know he 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 he's doing his time. He doesn't rat his friends out. You know he's a good friend. Well, he was even he was even like Mister. You can give Mister Henry one of the the buckles, I guess. Even though you know they didn't yeah. work out for him, right? Right. He he actually robbed Bob's house. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It was it was just enough that at by the end of the film. Yes, he's kind. He's ridiculous. Yes, he he's probably the most annoying person as a friend if you ever had from the outside. But even Anthony's character realized that. I mean, you look when he finally joins him on the last heist, right? He doesn't join him for the money. He joins him because it's his friend, and he sees how much effort he puts into making everybody else happy. Right. That he wants to do the same for him. And right. I thought that was a really nice message and everything he was doing was just for his friend. And you, you realize at the end, all that frustration he felt was because it was like, Hey, I'm doing this for you guys. And you guys, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for all of us. We're all gonna, we're gonna be successful criminals. It's a dumb plan, but he's got the. It, it's got. It, he has the most earnest intentions. You know, he's he's, he's a good-hearted person at heart, right? Right. Everything he does is for everybody he, else. He, yeah, he's he's, he, he's he's just doing the wrong thing. It's my know, favorite scene by far is the last like ten minutes where they're visiting him in prison. Not only is he finding out, he's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, I got kind of fucked over. But at the same time, right when they're leaving, and he's just like, okay, are you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yes, I want more. Please break out of prison right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah once he said, get, out, get out the grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go. Part of you that believes he could do it. Or it would at least try. Would yes. at least try. Yes. He's got uh, Mr. Magoo vibes for me. <laughs> In the um, end, it's it's easier to think about yourself than it is to think about old Dignan. I love yeah. that line. I love I mean, when he finally snaps and he's referring himself in the third person. He's like, yeah. you knew Dignan was hurting. Oh. You know, <laughs> you, you knew oh, Dignan oh. needed help. You know, it's like, wow, he's really... He's gone. He's in the third person. Yeah, he's gone. I, I definitely think I'm a sucker for people who uh, really relish and enjoy the small moments in life and try and embrace the ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And there, there yeah, is that about this movie, movie, Patrick. You, you're yeah. right. This this movie has that spirit when, you know, he just wants to, they just did this heist. And what's the first thing he does? He buys fireworks and he's yeah. launching them out of a car like a little kid. But like, it, that's what makes him happy. You know, he's not a guy that, he's not a guy, he's not a complicated person, you know. He's, he's wearing a, a yellow jumpsuit because it's fucking cool. Right, right. And he's that's it. It's, uh, it's he's, so, it's. I I I I have a lot more appreciation for uh Wes Anderson after this because it's it's nice to see where he comes from and it's nice to see that he has that same beat and that same style even at the most base. I will say this, uh this is probably aside from maybe the Royal Tenenbaums, this is probably the movie a Wes Anderson movie that has the most heart. Uh where it's, you know, I I I find that tough for me because I think all of them have a lot of heart. You just have to find it like Right. I, same thing with Life Aquatic, right? Like that one is a huge right uh, heart cool. I think he's really good at finding the beauty in the mundane, even in the ridiculous. That's that's actually that's that's a great point. You're right. He, the mundane he's is very really- good about taking a ridiculous scenario, making it feel like it could be a mundane situation. Like you look at all of his movies, it feels like it's simply a snippet of life, right? And making it beautiful. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's that scene in. I always think of the of the scene in Royal Tenenbaums where Luke goes to pick up Gwyneth Paltrow at the bus station, mm-hmm. and it's just a scene of of people getting off the bus, and there's the song playing. I can't remember who it's by. John, I think she's Swedish. Uh, I go out walking. Is what the, I can't. I can't. Remember yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking God, about. God, but it's this beautiful scene. It's just people getting off the bus, and you're like, my God, like this guy puts yeah. so much effort into these shots of just people doing everyday things. Uh, yeah. Like the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, right? He look at it, he he finally achieves everything he wants. He finds the creature. He films it. He gets all the awards and accolades. And when he's done. What does he do? He takes the kid and he puts him on his shoulder and he walks him through the crowd and down the street and he's just happy. You right. look at um, Darjeeling Limited, the brothers are fighting the entire time and then finally there's this really sincere and sweet moment where they're all kind of exchanging their drugs and their different hoppers uh, like right. and pills and stuff like that and you can just see they're a caring family. Right. Even if it's the most ridiculous situation. He's really good about making you invested in the characters and in the story they're telling, even when it's not believable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You know, even movies like uh, like Grand Budapest Hotel, which are just these broad, oh, slapsticky. There's still, yeah, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of heart in there, and there's still a lot of um, uh, beauty and in them. Like um, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise yep. Kingdom has got a, got a lot of heart to it. Yep. Right, right. That's what ultimately, that's what salvages it for people that think his stuff is too weird. There's always a lot of emotion. Sometimes it's buried under a bunch of weird scenarios uh, and set pieces, but there's always a lot of heart. He really wears his heart on his sleeve, you know? Yeah, I think he does a great job with the dialogue, but also with just kind of the quiet moments at the same time. Like, he knows he's, he's really adept and very skilled at making sure that the moment has time to breathe and speak for itself. And not always filling everything with explanation and dialogue. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. true. You got to meet. You got to meet him halfway. Right. That, that's, it, it's too much work. The people that don't like Wes Anderson movies, it's too much work. It puts them off because you have to meet it halfway. You know. Right. Right. If you haven't figured it out, I'm kind of a. Uh, I kind of like Wes Anderson. I'm a huge. Uh, Patrick, a little bit. Do you? Patrick, which one's your favorite? Uh, it's a toss-up between. Uh, 
Grand Budapest and uh, Life Aquatic. I think Life Aquatic always wins out for me just from the soundtrack alone. Uh, David Bowie in Portuguese is probably some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. It's a great soundtrack. Uh, And just the message. I mean, it's tough for me. I love all of his movies. Probably the one that I least enjoy is Rushmore, surprisingly. Um, that's weird because that's my favorite probably that's probably it's my on favorite. the lower tier for me because it's it, i i think i just i don't know something about it doesn't click as much as the others do that's funny because life aquatic is probably his least loved up from at least like wes anderson fans it's probably his least loved yeah. so you you kind of like you're you're the reverse but that's fine you know that's i mean we, we all like her <laughs> yeah everybody loves rushmore i know that bottle rocket is one of the, i mean i i probably place rank higher Bottle rocket a lot higher than a lot of other people, but uh, here's the question for you, Mario. I think uh, I just I didn't watch this. This I did not have like a special edition of this. Wasn't this based on a short film? Have you ever seen? This yeah, film? it was a short. It's film. on the Criterion edition of uh, Bottle Rocket. It has the little? Did that like, just come out? It's like a little. Been it's out? been out for a while. It's uh, it's because uh, yeah. it, it was out on DVD and I think they re-released it on Blu-ray. But it's got like a little 15 minute short, and it basically just takes. It's just the robbery. It's okay. the robbery in the beginning when they're when they it's that whole beginning scene where they're where they robbing what you find out what was Anthony's house. Um, it's uh-huh. that, yeah, yeah. Shot in black and white. Looks like it's shot on the same little in the same little town wherever that is. I uh, I almost at this point wish he had revisited this film like ten years later when he'd fallen more into his style, gotten more acceptance as a director, and then redone it. Just, and just redone it more in his style, not necessarily recast it. I think the cast is perfect. I think everybody in it is fantastic, but just enough to give it more of that Wes Anderson feel, because I think that if he had done that, this movie would have had a lot more uh, acclaim and appreciation. Uh, I think people appreciate it. I think after Rushmore, people went back and found it is what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, to me, I would, there's very little I would change in the movie. Uh, you know, it is quirky in a way and it doesn't it's not that full Wes Anderson quirkiness uh but uh it's but yeah there's so much good dialogue and so many lines that I've listed from this over the years um I just love this movie over and over and to this day it's still a a comfort movie for me like if I want to just throw something on and and something that I enjoy and I can start watching and pick up uh it's this and I just like spending time with these characters I like their arcs and um, Men by far was my favorite I uh, I aspire to be somebody like him. <laughs> hey, look, he has he, such he, zest for life. Well, also, you, I love that scene where Anthony's writing that letter, and he says, "You know, he says I'm coaching these kid, this kid soccer team." He goes, he goes, uh, he said, he said they don't let defeat get them down. They remind me of Dignan in that way, right? He yeah. says that. Yeah, he says that. He says like a, he's like a kid that never really grew up. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's got to, you know, uh, the whole thing with the gang and caca, caca, and it's what every child imagines a heist is. Right, right, right. Does. Why, why do you, why are you wearing that tape on your nose? Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> such a great, yeah. you know, such a great. It's true. This is what you're right, Patrick. This is what a nine year old would conceive of if you said, "Okay, we're going to rob this place. Come up with a plan." This is what a nine year old would come up. Right. With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Don't you have any bigger bags for like encyclopedias or something? I, yeah, that was just so hilarious. <laughs> they can't. You can tell in their eyes and their faces they can't believe they're being robbed. Really, you're robbing us? <laughs> like, how much do you think we have here? You know. <laughs> Right. 
It was enough to lay low. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's rank it. Uh, John, what'd you give Bottle Rocket? Uh, I give it a six point five. Six point five. Uh, that hurt. That's hurtful to me. That's hurtful to me. <laughs> but uh, Justine is back to salvage it. Justine, what do you give a Bottle Rocket? Six. Wow, that's really not salvaging it at all. Uh, but it's, it's as good, good as Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. As good. I like it. It's a good movie. See? I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it to people. Um, yeah, you have to a specific. It's a specific type of person. It's for Wes yeah, Anderson like, fans. Like have you seen Bottle Rocket? Yeah. Right. Um, right. Right. But I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone. Or it's the least Wes Anderson-y movie. So you're like, here, watch this. And if you like this, you'll probably like Wes Anderson. You know, you can kind of like it. Uh, Jake, what did you think, my man? God, what do we give it? Six. Six. We'll say six. Patrick and I are the only ones here to save it. Patrick, what do you got, buddy? I give it a nine. Yes, Patrick. Yes. <laughs> I love this movie. Patrick. I- um, I, I I loved every minute of it, and this uh, is definitely now on my list of top Wes Anderson. Patrick, films. I'm up there with you. I'm going to give it a nine as well. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine as well. I love it. Uh, it's not a perfect movie. That's why I keep it from getting a 10. But I can watch this movie anytime. I can quote it endlessly. And uh, and uh, to me, it's just, a, it's a it's great. It's probably the, the best. It's probably, for me, this is going to sound crazy, but it's some of the, I don't know if it's the best, but it's some of the best work that Luke and Owen ever did. And I'm oh, glad yeah. I'm glad they were 100%. together in it. I'm glad they were together in it. And yeah. uh and you'll never get me to believe and the, you know what? Here's a great thing about Inez. This is what I wanted I wanted to say this about Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson is so good at casting people. Oh yes. Yeah. And he Inez Inez just looks like a normal person. She's not made up. She's not, you know, it's just a person you can believe you can believe she's 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 cute. But you can believe you would find this girl working in a motel. It's like it's believable. It's believable. I, I, I take to add to that point I, and how good of a caster, uh, how good of casting Wes Anderson is. It's the fact that the way he gets Luke Wilson to look at Inez that makes her so beautiful. Right. Right. And he, he's really good about taking someone who you might see as just a simple person on the street and. The interactions from the characters and how they're portrayed just elevate them. Right. It, it's kind of the way in it's kind of the way in the Royal Tenenbaums that that uh, Danny Glover, who's not in the movie a lot, but the way he looks at Angelica Houston. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, it's like the, the, he does have those moments. There's, there always seems to be a moment in a Wes Anderson movie where people are walking and talking, and they're usually in love, and you know, or they're they're going to mm-hmm. be or they're about to be. Or they're falling in love, and there's always a scene like that. Uh, I mean, it, uh, or Moonrise Kingdom, right? The two kids falling in love, like, right? It makes them so just like it. It it, it he's really good at you know pulling on a romantic heartstrings. Right, right. All right. So next week, I forgot what the movie was. I'm glad two of us enjoyed this film. I love this movie, hey, man. Hey, I I enjoyed it. I you just do don't not it. enjoy it. <laughs> Listen, we don't, we're not, you know, turn that six upside down. The only six I'm respecting in this group is Justine's right now, okay. because for her, yeah. it is on par with Casablanca. You and I what? appreciate that. You know what? I'm going to give it a five. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just for that. I'm giving it a five. Just for that, I'm giving it a five. 
you know what it is. It's because something like Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom or even this last one that took place at the New Yorker, mm. that would that would have gotten a nine out of me. It's just mm. that compared to his other movies, even Isle of Dogs, I would I think it's just because this is the first one. It's not all there. I just um, yeah, it's not the same kind of rating. You listen, know, most of his movies. Would, here's the thing to watch um, Burn After Reading, Mario. Did you love it, Patrick? Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, here's the thing right now. What, what uh, would you give that, Patrick? I got to know. What would you give? Uh, burn After, after reading? reading. Uh, give it an eight. Because I feel the same way. I love the Coen brothers. I would not consider that one of the top Coen brothers movies. Well, let me, you know, let, I wouldn't get a, a high rating compared to the rest of them. You know. I just wanted to say really quick, uh, uh, Patrick and I are not interested in your... Excuses. Uh, <laughs> These aren't excuses. This is context. Uh, we don't want. We, we're not a, context. We're not. We're There's not interested reason. in your excuses. Uh, you've, uh-huh. you've wronged us. No. And uh, <laughs> well, welcome to the club. But uh, <laughs> no, I think, really I think context is Napoleon Dynamite film. What's that? I, I hated Napoleon Dynamite when I first saw it in theaters. I hated it. And oh, you know what? what? You know that that is definitely. I felt like like Napoleon Dynamite was pulling a lot from Bottle Rocket. I really did. Oh, like it's, it's trying to be Bottle Rocket. But, I was pissed yeah. when I saw it in theater. But on, I was like, I, I need to walk out. This but but on a much goofier level, on a much goofier mm-hmm. level. Uh, Justine, yeah, we are actually, Justine, we are dangerously close. We are getting close to uh, Austin Powers. Did you know that? <gasps> yeah. I rewatched, it. I rewatched um, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Love it. Oh, no. <laughs> Which then I watched Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Are we going to watch all of those, Mario? All the Austin Powers? We are. Yeah. Are we going to watch all the Wayne's World? No, we're not going to watch any of them. Why? How about... Um, I Married an Axe Murderer. Nope. <laughs> hmm. how, how about what? The Love Guru? <laughs> We're, we're going to watch uh, the, the Love Guru, Guru and uh, Blame It on the Zohan. We're going to watch that as a double feature. There we go. Uh, Shrek, yeah. We're not going to watch any of the Shreks, are we? <laughs> we're going to watch all of the Shreks. Okay. And and Puss in Boots. And Push and Boots. Push and Boots. Hey, Gabby Moreno has a song on the Push and Boots soundtrack. <laughs> No, the new one, right? Yeah, the new one. Mm-hmm. good for her. Uh, I don't know how I knew that. Oh, I know that because I follow her on the Twitter <laughs> or on the on the Instagram in the Instagram. Um, I, this sounds. Uh, so I'm surprised, but the movie next week is uh, Anaconda. Not Anaconda. Not, not unless you got buns. Yeah, Anaconda. Uh, you can that's a big job. Spe- like Spe- oh, Owen Wilson's in it. Owen yeah, Wilson, kind of, double kind of, feature. Kinda. Guys, we're mere weeks away from uh, Fifth Element, so that's going to be divisive. Um, Anaconda made me scared of snakes, and I'm not scared of snakes. I love it. Anaconda's a terrible movie, but I love it. Two words, my I friend. Like Two words, like my it. friend. Ice Cube. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> In my in the, when I went to see that, I was like, if Ice Cube dies, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn this theater down. What's that movie? Deep the deep end? Deep. Oh, Deep oh, Blue Sea. Deep. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea. With uh with Samuel Jackson with the smart sharks. Mm-hmm. With LL Cool J? Yeah, we're not watching that. 
But uh, oh, yeah. come on, that was good. Uh, but yeah, I was like, dang. Come John, on. have you ever seen Anaconda? I have not. Oh, oh you're in for a treat. You, so John Voight, John Voight at his John Voightiest. And by the way, I gotta have my. I'm gonna see if I. I'm gonna see if I can get my friend Bobo to call in and do his John Voight because it is from this movie. Because it is. A, have you seen it, Jake? Anaconda. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. They used to play it on TV all the time. On TNT. Yeah. Guys, in the next few weeks, we got uh, Mr. Nice Guy. We got uh, Selena. Selena. Fifth Element. Don't say yeah. Ugh. Con Air. Ooh. <laughs> Wait. You watch, um, Justine, have you seen? Have you seen Con Air, Justine? I think so. Nicholas Cage. I feel like I might be confusing. You would remember. If you saw it, you would remember it. (laughs) Jake, you've never seen Con Air, right? I have not seen Con Air. There was a lot of plane movies during that time. Face Off? Wait. wait. Yeah. Did we miss Air Force One? Nope. Oh, thank God. That's that's a gem. Face Off? We have to see it. It's Harrison Ford. Operation Condor. Uh, uh, Air Force One. Starship Troopers. Yeah, it's all coming. Spice Girls on there? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. You'll borrow it, and then I'll let Jake borrow it, and then we've lost it. If you get it from Mario and it has a digital copy, he has to add it to his digital. Justine, I will watch. Justine, watch it. Justine, I am telling you, I will watch that movie for you. I will watch it. Yeah, we will do it on this show. I give you your gifts. I'm also handing you the DVD, and you're gonna watch it. All right. Then when you're done, we're gonna give that to Jake. And we've all watched it. Well, the great thing about it is, about watching Spice World, is it won't be like my copy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High I had on VHS, where <laughs> part of the tape is worn out. out. Yeah, I can just pause whenever I want to, and the laser in my Sony PlayStation will just be, I'll have to deal with it, you know? You know what you're alluding to there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roger Moore. But yeah, so, um, all right, guys. What a great show. What a fun show. It's good to have you back, uh, Patrick and Justine. Uh, Thanks. We're happy to be back. Another great uh, thing I quote from Bottle I'm thinking of all the quotes I say from Bottle Rocket. Uh, keep up the intensity is another one. Keep up the intensity. Kumar, keep up the intensity. And I'll also, have a Tom Collins. Uh, uh, what was that? I'll have a Tom Collins. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, man. Uh, I'll, take and, a, I'll take a water. And then he says, uh, also, what he says, we got to, whether, whether, whether they first rob the house and they're sitting in the drugstore. He's all. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the, the positives. And he's like, good intensity, high intensity. It's just the way. Uh, <laughs> it's the way Luke Wilson says that. High intensity. Owen. No, Luke says it. Oh no, Luke says it. You're yeah, right. he says good intensity, high intensity. Uh, they both have a similar way of talking. It's funny, but but Owen is more Owen-y. But they kind of get that. Uh, Owen y The Lawn Wranglers. I always oh. uh, Owen Wilson. Other movies, he tries to drive me crazy, but any Wes Anderson film he's in, he just sometimes steals it. Like, he, he does. Just, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, uh, the fact that he's just the kid who keeps showing up for dinner every night. Oh my God. The best Owen w- Wilson movie where he's at o- his o- his most Owen Wilsonist Wilsony is uh, Shanghai Noon. Uh, that is the yeah. best. That is the best o- non Wes Anderson Owen Wilson movie. I'll say it. Oh, also, uh, uh, he was good in um, uh, Meet the Parents. I liked him in Behind Enemy Lines. Oh, with Gene Hackman. Because mm-hmm. Gene Hackman makes it. I liked him in Cars. All right. Well, that's it, guys. For, uh... <laughs> Thanks for the show, guys. Oh, we're happy. <laughs>
Wedding Crashers. I had that whole oh, that's right. He's good in Wedding Crashers. I, I will say he is good in that's Wedding Crashers. That's funny. But Vince good. Vaughn kind of steals it. Vince Vaughn steals that? it. Yes, we are. Come on. It's good comedy. Come on. We're going to watch the good shit. Good comedy. We're going to watch the good shit. We have a lot Boobs, of boobs, boobs. We have we have a lot of good stuff coming up this in the next few weeks. So stick with us, guys. We'll be here. Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, uh, please let us know your top stuff uh, at Absolute Complex. Tell us what your favorite uh, media or or or, or uh, media or entertainment was this year, and we would love to hear from you. Maybe I'll read those on the air next week. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. So for Patrick, for Jake, for John, for Justine, for all the pets that are on screen right now that you can't see, but I can, and I'm loving every second of it, we say this transmission ends now. Fight the power. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.